My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I am joined by... Dan White. And yes, it's a WNR 157 today. It's a WWE Network Review for May, but before we do anything, it's time for alternate intros. We're doing kids' programs, an IT's TV show, and I'm going to carry my carry on my bad singing here today, my singing. Dan, you're going to help me out. <laughs> so I'll do the bits in brackets. You do the bits in brackets. So it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so you'll, get, you'll understand that. Now we're going to go to the first verse. Ready? They're the world's most fearsome fighting team. We're really hip. They're heroes in a half shell and they're green. Hey, get a grip. Yeah. When the evil shredder attacks, these turtle boys don't cut him no slack. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Splinter taught them to be ninja teens. He's a radical. Leonardo Lee's Donatello does machines. That's a fact. Jack. Raphael was cool, but crude. Give me a break. Mick- <laughs> Mikey Andrew is a party dude. Party! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes, Heroes in a half shell. shell. Turtle power. power! I think that's the best one we've ever done. <laughs> <sighs> and now the proper intro. Every month, we review the latest content on the WWE Network, including collections, new programs, 205 Live, news, and NXT update. But first... So we're catching up for Mania Weekend until now. So new network collections for May, and we start off with Patterson and Briscoe, the Stooges. Accomplished champions, legendary entertainers, WWE Hall of Famers. Corporate Stooges? Join Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, Briscoe, as they host their very own WWE Network collection. You'll hear firsthand from the bickering old couple as they offer never before seen insights on their wildest matches and zaniest moments. Keeping the chairman, Mr. McMahon, happy can cost you. And Patterson and Briscoe often learned that the hard way. Where it was finding themselves on the business end of beatdowns, courtesy of Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Untaker and Kane, all get mixed up in the unpredictable 24-7 hardcore championship matches. The Stooges always seem to make us laugh. This collection is a must-see for any fan of the Attitude Era. And a couple of matches that we got in there. I mean, we got lo- lo- loads of stuff, but a couple of that I just spring to mind is the King of the Ring uh, Brian Panties match between Patterson and Briscoe. I've tried to delete that from uh, my King- mind. King of the Ring 2000 is all in there. Right, next collection, Dan. Next collection is Mickey James, Crazy Sweetheart. 
As a groundbreaking and powerful woman, Mickey James has seen and done it all. Mickey grants an exclusive interview to WWE Network and doesn't pull any punches discussing her toughest opponents and most trying times in WW- inside WWE and out. Check out the matches that put the six-time champion on the map against the likes of WWE Hall of Famers, Lita, Beth Phoenix and Trish Stratus. Then join Mickey Helps to empower the female superstars of today, such as Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss and the Empress of Tomorrow, Oscar. Energetic and magnetic, there's no denying Mickey James's ability to entertain the WWE Network universe. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a couple of matches that speak to mind for me, Mickey James, calls against Trish Stratus at WrestleMania 22. Freeze a crowd. Because <laughs> it sounds like a porno. It's some exciting news, though. And again, it's one of my, I think, my, one of my wishes has come true. WWE Sunday Night Heat is coming to the WWE Network. The specific date for the upload is Monday, May 7th. And while we can't confirm the exact number of episodes coming right now, we can say that the show will be made available for the first episode in 1998. Sunday Night Heat began as a legitimate companion show for Raw when it launched, though it quickly began to fade in importance, especially once SmackDown came into the picture. Even though Heat lost its luster rather quickly, it did stay relevant thanks to being a de facto pre-show for pay-per-view Sundays through the Attitude Eras. This is exactly what I wanted. Because the thing is, as well, you've got matches like Halftime Heat where during the Super Bowl and it rocking Mankind for the, the WF title. The title changes hands. So you're going to see all that kind of stuff. Plus, when I was a young lad on Channel 4 when WWE had rights on it, Sunday Night Heat was on there. Remember that? Yeah, I remember watching that, yeah. Yeah, and even though the show was, was pretty shit, it was still like, fucking hell, we're getting to watch it free television it was amazing we used to have a f- couple of pay-per-views as well yeah t- do you know what ruined it all the first the first pay-per-view was w raw rumble 2000 and they put adverts during the pay-per-view which didn't work and may young got a who wants to see my puppies channel four so the executives who bought spent the money on the right sat down and watched the pay-per-view saw may young getting the tits out and they were like right we, get, we can't go forward to this so they cancelled contract after two years then their pay-per-views used to be on a delay so they used to start like 145 and then they just have adverts in it, and they break up the action in that way. So, and that was Channel Four. And then it went to set, <laughs> went to set in the sports. You had to pay subscription to do that, and then it went fucking somewhere else. And now, of course, we got the WWE Network, which you just pay nine ninety nine a month. Well, on to new classic content and journey back to the heart of the Attitude Era when the first full year of Sunday Night Heat. Debuting in the summer of 98, Heat showcased WWE's biggest superstars like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Sable, DX, The Undertaker and more. In his classic content collection, you'll get a small taste of a large roffing with 10 memorable episodes, episodes including leading Sum Sam 98 and the Royal Rumble 1999. And coming in June, Dan? We've got the Money in the Bank and we've got the Godfather. That should be interesting stuff on the way there, but collections are always good. We've got the new ones. And, of course, other new content, WWE Chronicle, Nakamura, April 5th. Now, Chronicle's a new series on the network, and it's quite cool. It's a more chilled-out kind of WWE 24, if you know what I mean. They're focusing on Nakamura since his Royal Rumble win up until WrestleMania, and you're trying to get see more of the mad. Now, what I would do in this situation clip this up and pull it onto episodes of SmackDown or if he's on Raw to explain more about the Nakamura character because you know then why he's quiet and kind of, you know, chilled out. He's in the zone even though you see how dangerous he is, working out, you know, surfing, all these other kind of stuff. And also the slow-mos, isn't it, of uh, hitting people with the Kinshasa. Hitting people with the Kinshasa 
and good vibrations as well. Oh, the Strowman and Alexa Bliss ride along as well. Little Big Adventure. That was April 30th, 2018. That was fun because Titus Roll slide on it. But it's just relationship with Strowman and Bliss, isn't it, Dan? I mean, you quite like the, the old couple pairing. I do indeed, yes. Beauty and Bliss. I just like their chemistry. They, they showed brilliant chemistry during the Mixed Match Challenge. And they displayed it here, you know. They're, they're an odd couple, but I don't know. I just think they go together really well. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it as well. It's like a kind of harmless 20-minute episode, and you see, like I say, the odd couple pairing, and, of course, what Titus Worldwide bring. And then WWE 24, uh, I did watch it, and I am going to tell you now what I thought of it. And uh, I do love the WWE 24 series. It's always great. And this one was about Raw 25. We start the show. This is going to be a quick, quicker version of what I usually do. We start the show with Jericho at the Manhattan Centre, and he's on his way to the arena. We see Shane. The, the only problem for me for this program is that it's a shame Raw 25 was such a fucking letdown in the end. Because this is quite a nice companion piece. You see a production meeting, and you actually see it. Vincent Mann's on the table, and everybody else. It's like a fucking big studio thing. And they're all taking orders from him. I would love to be in a production meeting like that, Dan, honestly. Uh, you realise just how much work goes into everything that you see on television. Uh, There's like two locations, of course. And this is this at Manhattan Centre in Brooklyn. Uh, and Letter to Raw. They're basically saying how great Raw is. It's a longer-running, episodic television show. All, all great, you know what I mean? And all, all love and roses and shit. Uh, Triple H, Shane McMahon are talking heads. And Shane McMahon said he was a producer when the first set Raw episode. And he, when it first started, he was actually produ- calling the shots backstage. We see a few unseen clips of Raw with Vincent Mann and Macho Man that are quite funny. And also he gets compared to the greatest showman, which is um, P.T. Barnum, which is the guy that created the carnival. They say Vincent Mann did that. But it's basically Triple H is talking. There we go, 10 minutes. And then the first real interesting bit, 10 minutes, just a quick clip of The Undertaker arriving. It's kind of like an old man there is, isn't it? He's going, this is where it all started. Of course it did. He had the very first Raw main event. So it's kind of the Undertaker side, we don't see that kind of behind the character. And now it's takes like with a dog. <laughs> with his tongue stuck out. That's the same dog he had at the uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> and he took it to Raw 25. He's got oh, a broken jaw. His <laughs> <laughs> mouth just hangs open. So the Undertaker and X-Pac meet. And X-Pac, Even the X-Pac holds the door open for the yeah. Taker. That's it. just respect right there. So yeah, we see Shawn Michaels there. Scott Hall, X-Pac all coming back. The Undertaker as well having memories of the past. And now the King and JR are there, and they realise they're faced on the chair. So, yeah, JR and King are on the chair. And then we get a kind of look at how good they were as a commentary team. After that, we get Miz and his raw misery, like what I did there. Money in the bank, an IC winner for the first time. And then we see women. Uh, we see Trish with the women and co getting excited for the event, Bailey. And then a clip of Jericho backstage getting ready for the event, along with Stone Cold Steve Austin. We see... Finn Balor smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's just got a smile on his face. x goes to the barbershop to get ready uh, <laughs> with the dog, you know, as well. And then everybody's getting ready backstage. Fans are excited. We see that the TV producers are going to go live for the show. Austin and Vince is the very first segment on Monday Night Raw. And what segment it was, Dan, you know? So Austin's done with Vince and Shane. Gave him a beer bath. Probably the best bit of Raw 25, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a disappointment of a show, but there were some good moments. Thank you for stunning me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Look how young showman is there. I love the backstage bits we saw them all hug. They're called Seal and Austin looking at each other now. 
I think that's probably better than the Royal 25. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. So, after that, Taker is next. And we see Cena watching backstage. Of course, those two will go on to have a WrestleMania match, as we know. And then Jericho's in the next segment with Elias backstage. Jericho said, yeah, it'd be cool if I just did a backstage thing. GPD then leaves Cena laying out in the middle of the ring, which, to be fair, I'd already forgotten about when I saw it again. I was like, oh, Indeed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that did happen, yeah. Uh, then Miz winning the IC title for Roman Reigns. And then after match, Miz taken to the Manhattan Center. He comes right out after he finishes the match, goes backstage. You go, right, you have to come with us. He goes, where? He said, you go to the Manhattan Center. Where Bray versus Matt Hardy is also happening. Oh, Miz face promo. He comes out and the Manhattan crowd absolutely loves him. And he gives a promo again. Couldn't remember it when I first watched it, but it might have been for the, uh, the crowd. You see the officials liking him and how happy he was with himself. So DX are now out. In the Manhattan Center. Your ass better call somebody. Billy Gunsell in good shape. I think we mentioned that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, D-Generation proudly brings to you its four-time tag team champions of the world. Oh, six, six times. Time. Six times. The world. All he gets flashbacks is pinning Razor Ramon, yeah. going on to fucking China then that night. Raw 25, that's all he remembers. To be fair, I do think X-Pac is the star of this little show here. We focused on him a little bit, followed him around. I wouldn't mind a WWE Network-related reality show following Sean Walton around <laughs> to see the shit he gets up to, you know. I'm just watching porn at my house with my eight dogs. I'm watching One Night in China. <laughs> yeah. I like to read of the memories. Have a sad wank. So that was Raw 25, basically. A love letter to Raw and to Raw 25, which, like we said... Wasn't that great. But let's forget that because I love the behind-the-scenes look at a WWE 24. Um, it's something that I never imagined I would get when I started becoming a wrestling fan, interested in behind-the-scenes. It kind of blows my mind that we, we, we see this now, you know? And and I love WWE Network for that. So please, more of these programs. And a bit like Chronicle as well. I love more of that. I love seeing the behind-the-scenes. Yes, it was, it was definitely a great spectacle. I think the the 24 series was actually better than the Raw 25 yeah. because it gave you a more unique insight of it and the Miz going, you know, from one arena to the other just to show off the title that was defended in that same, in the Manhattan Centre on that same very first. It was, yeah, it was a good unique look back at what transpired that day. Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt, I'm really glad that does it. But we move on. And then something else to wrestle. Well, we noted previously that Bruce Pritchard's Something to Wrestle podcast was coming to the WWE Network in some form. Well, the title was previously noted is Something Else to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Co-host of the Something to Wrestle podcast, Conrad Thompson, is confirmed for this program as well. They've stated there's going to be 13 episodes as per the contract they signed, and Bruce stated in his live stream that they will talk about the success of those episodes. The show will be a video format with Bruce and Conrad both in their respective home offices. Well, Bruce noted he's unsure if actual footage of subjects discussed will be integrated, but that will be an involving program and you should let WWE know on social media if you want to see that. Each episode will likely to be 60 to 90 minutes in length. The show will be uncensored and feature the same adult language and lewd phrases like cunt that their regular show has. Neither Conrad nor Bloyes, but both did sign a unique contract 
which favours them, keeping the show similar in format and style to their main podcast. Some topics will be deeper dives into subjects already covered, such as the Million Dollar Man character, while others will be brand new. The first episode will be a completely new subject that hasn't had an episode dedicated to it. Well, on the inaugural episode of W Network, something else to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard's longtime producer, Bruce Pritchard, weighed in on W Hall of Famer Sean Brown, WrestleMania 14. Of course, if you want to listen to a proper podcast doing it, go back and listen to the WNR's listen, watching WrestleMania 14. But hey, Pritchard talked about whether people believe Michael's back injury was real, how difficult Michael's was to work with at the time, whether the Untaker really tried to intimidate Michael's into doing business the right way, Michael storming the post-WrestleMania press conference, and the relationship between Michael's and W. Chairman Vincent Mann. Apparently, there were more sceptics about Michael's career-threatening back injury than believers behind the scenes. There were definitely grumblings, and I would venture to say that there were far more sceptics that there were sympathetic ears at this point because of the time and the fact that a year before his knee was injured and we're talking about dropping a t- um, and while t- t- while talking about dropping a title due to a knee injury, he brings up losing his smile. Pritchard continued, so I guess it was a subject at best, as my old friend Respect. Jay. I guess it was suspect at best, as my friend JR would say. People doubted it. People didn't know if it was a legitimate, which, by the way, it was a legitimate injury, and it was a very bad injury. The time of it, though, didn't help. And it certainly didn't help that Sean being Sean wasn't talking to a lot of people, and I think he didn't allow anyone to feel sorry for him, really. During the show, Pritchard rated Michaels a 9.5 out of 10 in terms of being difficult to work with at the time of WrestleMania 14. That's basically what you are to me, James. You know, you're about a 9.5 out of 10 in difficulty. Pritchard mentioned that HBK made many demands around WrestleMania 14. Steve Austin was so red hot as a babyface that Sean wanted protection 24-7 and he got it, and we got it for him. We had the police escort him everywhere that he wanted to, lead to WrestleMania and all the way to WrestleMania after. So that's the reality, and that's something we did do. Also during the podcast, Pritchard confirmed that The Undertaker wrapped his fist during Michael's entrance to intimidate the click magnate. Yeah, Sean felt that like he should have been at the uh, press conference, he should have been there, and that everybody should be talking about him instead of talking about Steve and Tyson, which is not the case. If you go back to things we'd done in the past, it was all about Sean. Nobody else was there, and I think it was just a case of Sean feeling sorry for himself at that point. I want to be the centre of attention, and he says, hey, you know, don't forget about me. I like how I'm only getting like five lines, and you get like a whole ten paragraphs. Know, it's yeah. quite fun, isn't it? <laughs> With... <laughs> no, I'm all right. With respect to the relationship between McMichaels... McMichaels? <coughs> See, I can't even do my fucking free lines. <laughs> With respect to the relationship between McMahon and Michaels, Pritchard claimed that McMahon looked at Michaels as a son and loved him. Pritchard went on to note that McMahon would never forget that Michaels had a hand in a Montreal screwjob. Yeah, Vince has a special place in his heart for Sean. He does appreciate everything that Sean did for the company, Pritchard added. I think Vince looked at Sean, the kind of father-son, and he loved him. It was a love-hate relationship early on, but Sean always stood up to Vince and told him what was on his mind. And this was an opportunity to give back, I guess you could say. But Vince always looks at Sean kind of like a son, and he loved him. Sean was the guy who did the Montreal Screwjob, and Vince always, or will never forget that. This is a quote from Pritchard, not the way we're talking. And he appreciated Sean's work ethic, and he appreciated Sean Michaels as a human being. So there was just a lot of love there. But like any relationship, especially fathers and sons, you want to strangle them. But for the most part, there was a lot of respect and a lot of love there. WWE Music Power 10, 2018, March 2018, and WWE Ride Long, the Not Booty Bon Voyage. Power 10 was basically featuring the WrestleMania entrances and stuff. Then in-ring action, of course, 205 Live, which we'll get onto a bit. And then we had some uh, 
original podcasting, something else to wrestle, 2018, WrestleMania 14. Yeah, and April 18th we had Raw replays and NXT added. Thursday we had some SmackDown replays. Saturday we had the Hall of Fame one hour. How did they manage to fit a five and a half, four and a half hour ceremony? Is that just uh, Hillbilly Jim's <laughs> speech? Yeah, I think it is, yeah, my word. It's a shame. I've read some comments from Goldberg uh, a couple of weeks ago about his Hall of Fame, and he said he was pretty upset. It's kind of a uh, bit sweet moment in the Hall of Fame. I think he should have another chance to say goodbye. Not, not necessarily a match, but it's something a little bit better than it was. Uh, in ring, we had W Main Event replays, and of course that was the 5th of April one. And this week in WWE 2018, episode 482 from Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah, and the WWE Network live stream scheduled just underway its standard end-of-week update. and appears that three new shows are now set to debut on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. These are simply listed as marquee matches. As you may have guessed, however, calling this programming new seems to be quite a stretch. The descriptions for each suggest there are many matches presented in their entirety and given an official title. In this case, the marquee ma- matches set to be showcased on the 1992, 2008 and 2018 Royal Rumble, respectively. Not only will not only will each get a premiere show, but all three will be repeated in marathon blocks leading into the greatest Royal Rumble event that took place on that Friday. The first story we cover this week is that new to WWE Network and WWE Shorts collections have been updated. WWE Shorts features a clip of Alexa Bliss, which is definitely worth watching, which adds another entry to the Day Of series. Additionally, Where Are They Now featuring Santino Morella was added to the section. Meanwhile, new to WWE Network was updated to reflect the latest WWE Network additions. This includes the latest episodes of 205 Live, This Week in WWE, and even the premiere episode of Something Else to Wrestle with Bruce Pitchard. Additionally, the marquee matches and the greatest Royal Rumble are also included. Yeah, and for fans of the Something Else to Wrestle with Bruce Pitchard on the WWE Network, you've got good news for you, because the third episode's already up, and the subject is the one that may end up causing some controversy in 1995. Fuck me, he's a Shawn Michaels fanatic, isn't he? <laughs> the fat is there a fat. are other wrestlers, Bruce. <laughs> God. It's almost as if like he's going to do a fucking free podcast special on a wrestler or something. You know, like I mean, the Undertaker. Who would do that? Who would do that? Well, Shawn Michaels would become a born-again Christian and considerably less controversial during his second long-term run in the WWE, but his run on top in the 1990s was littered with controversy. Some legitimate... Some rumoured and some outright untrue. Now, I have seen a bit of this show, and I've got to tell you, I don't like it. The thing I don't like about it, and people might say, how dare you, just because it's another podcast. It's a split screen, and it just Pritchard's face there, and then his mate's face. And I, if you're going to have vis- if you're gonna have video, like we always said, if we're going to have video, then we have something to it. You either do it animated, which no one's ever thought about, but if you've got the people that do you know, Camp WWE and stuff. Why can't they try and do that? Or, look, they did it with Ricky Gervais show. Sorry, I'm going off a tangent. But anyway, they could have done that. They could have just had the clips of what they're talking about showing, you know. Uh, that's why I quite like, well, the, the, our podcast format is always the best. Because, because we're too it. handsome to look at, James. <laughs> that is that is the main reason. People would crash their cars looking at us. But, yeah. Especially Mark Tardis. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see what happens. While hardly a breaking story, we feel it's necessary to address a WWE revealed several weeks ago at a business summit that in the future there will be a major WWE Network upgrade. Major w- that is tentative, tentatively titled WWE Network 2.0. While nothing concrete is yet known, it's safe to assume 
a lot of the major features, major features, that are broken, missing, or just in need of updating will be covered, fixed, or enhanced whenever this actually takes place. It would also likely be when tiered pricing is introduced. Well, the latest WWE Network Pick of the Week features a Raw General Manager, Olympic gold medalist, and WWE Hall of Famer, Kurt Angle. You sure he's got enough, you know what I mean, titles? WWE Network Pick doesn't happen to be something that directly involves him, however. His pick is Bruno, which is a new documentary made for the recently deceased Bruno. So, can I just say that the Pick of the Week is Kurt Angle, but he picked someone else. Well, no disrespect to Bruno no, San Martino no, no, and his no. family, but I just wanted to get to grips mm. with this. Well, in, he quickly introduces the documentary before we see a clip of Triple H trying to get Bruno back into the WWE fold. The entire show is available anytime on demand. The final tidbit for this week. Tidbit. That's a funny word. Tidbit. <laughs> tidbit. The final tidbit for this week is that the Flashback Friday collection has not been updated. Boo. There has been a lot of speculation as to whether Flashback Friday has a feature, has a future ever since WWE.com stopped updating their page dedicated to it. Then they stopped airing shows associated with FBF on the live stream. Now, this week, they didn't even update the collection, leading many to believe the concept is as good as Bruno San Martino. Dead. Too soon. While unconfirmed, don't be surprised to see the set disappear in the coming week. Below is a list of shows listed for last week's set and maybe the final Flashback Friday, the other big event edition of FBF. Well, WWE In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies, 1996. WWE In Your House, Revenge of the Taker, 97. WWE Unforgiven, 1998. WWE Extreme Rules, 2010, 2012 and 2015. WWE Payback, 2017. WWE King of the Ring 2015. WWE Spring Stampede 94, 97 and 1998. And if you want to listen to a better version of that, then why don't you listen to our latest podcast, part two, two. of the WNR 155, which was WWE Spring Stampede. I didn't enjoy I I actually quite enjoyed that pay-per-view in the end. You know, I don't think it was too bad. Part, of course, for the NWO. For, for life. life. So anyway, Monday, April 23rd. Collections, WWE Shorts 2017, Where Are They Now, Santino, and 2018, The Day of Alexa Bliss. Yeah, Tuesday, April 24th, W Marquee Matches, Night Night 2, Royal Rumble, and of course, the new episode of 205 Live. Original, original specials, Bruno San Martino. Wednesday, April 25th, the original, Something Else to Wrestle, The Mega Powers Explode, a different subject. Wow. Um, In-ring, Raw Replays 2018 and WWE NXT, which we'll be bringing you. Mm-hmm. And Thursday, April 26th, Marquee Matches 20... 2008 and the 2018 Raw Rumble match. And SmackDown Replays 2018, SmackDown 971. And then Friday, April 27th, of course, we had the greatest Royal Rumble. We had the kickoff. Ah. And then we had the 2018 event. And that is going to be... Probably our next episode. I'm not sure when I'm going to release it yet. It's actually officially WNR 156. So the Rumble, Greatest Rumble is before this. Because we have recorded that already. But it's just what comes out first. I'm not sure. And Saturday, April 28th, in ring. This week in WWE is episode 483. And we get WWE main event replays 2018. Main event 
289. Oh my god, so there's a lot of content because, uh, like I said, new subscribers for the W net, uh, for the network for WrestleMania, they kind of want to show them like this is all the kind of stuff we got, goddamn. And of course, Camp WWE, the animated show, Series 2 will begin the 7th of May. Oh, hi guys, I'm in a tent. So now it's time for 205. And it's episode 73, April 17th. And Buddy Murphy wants the belt. Voiceover guy recaps the month-long Itami Tozawa versus Lucha House Party feud, which gives us tonight's featured match, and then it's Hail the Crown. Well, Vic Joseph and Percy Watson send congratulations to the to new father, Nigel McGuinness. Then they tease repercussions for Buddy Murphy after a sneak attack on the champ last Tuesday. Then we have Mustafa Ali defeating Aria Davari via pinfall following the 054, the inverted 450. Ali is wearing his WrestleMania Sub-Zero Blue Lantern gear. Davari gets an interview backstage with Dasha Fuentes before his entrance. Davari says Mustafa has his chance and failed, then pathetically asked for another shot from Cedric last week. Tonight, he shows Ali where he belongs, and that's at the back of the line. Davari charges at the bell and stomps Ali down in the corner. The Chicagoan fights back, but the tone is set for another inspired comeback for Mustafa. Ali leaps over and shoves Aria into the corner to start a comeback, but ends up rebounding into a superkick for yet another near fall. He taunts Mustafa, screaming, you blew it at WrestleMania, in his face, which seems to motivate Ali, but only results in another setback when he charges into a spine bust on the floor by Davari. A follow-up, splash, uh, a follow-up frog splash gets another two count, Two. But Mustafa kicks out. Uh. After a desperation roll-up out of the Hammerlock DDT, Aria turns Ali inside out with a lariat for another pin that comes this close to ending it. And you can see how close oh my, my fingers are. That is so close. Davari goes up top to try a belly-to-back suplex, but Mustafa flips free, lands on his feet, and charges to hit his finisher. Ali celebrates with the fans while Davari sieves. Then we get a replay of last week's show-closing angle with Mustafa, Cedric, Drake Maverick and Buddy Murphy. Alexander's tweet vowing to send the Aussie to the, the Alexander Chiropractic Institute. Well, Maverick says he doesn't approve of Murphy's actions, but his run leading up to last week was deserving of a title shot. So he made a match between Cedric and Buddy for the greatest Royal Rumble. But then, Murphy didn't make the weight. You fucking idiot. Coming in over £207 at the last mandatory weigh-in. Why don't you just chop off your hand? Instead, there will be a gauntlet match next Tuesday with a winner going to Jeddah to challenge for the title on April 27th. And then we get the Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher defeating these guys via submission with Captain's Hook. Well, ha-ha, then Kendrick works on sadistically targeting the arm. He eventually stumbles to the corner for a hesitant tag from guy number two and TBK goes to work on his lower back. Guy 2 lands a stiff shot to Kendrick's recently injured face, which angers him. Guy number 2 sends some separation after punishment from Gentleman Jack, but blind tag from Kendrick, Hager headbutts him to finish. Then Dasher interferes Mustafa Ali. He, Dasher interviews. <laughs> you know I mean? 
Dasha Fuentes interviews Mustafa Ali. He puts down Murphy's attack and says he knows his friend Cedric. Can't wait to get his hands on Buddy. Hey, Buddy. Hey, Buddy. But the best kept secret, missing weight, is an opportunity for him. After having the title slip through his fingers at Mania, he won't let his chance get away. Drew Gulak promo time. He says he once again proved last week that aerial attacks have no match for his ground-based offence. Having dispatched Mark Andrews, he's prepared to deal with his former partner Tony Nese's misguiding attempts at retribution. Nice thinks he has a right to climb the ladder because he has washboard abs, which he does. But Gulak has bigger plans to spread his message, and that's winning the Cruiserweight title by first winning the Gaunt Week. Whoever steps to him will tap out. After some shots of the main event teams warming up, DM, the GM, joins the announced team. He refuses to reveal the Gauntledge match competitors for next week, but teases he may let them out on social media during the week. So now we go on to our main event, which is... So up next, we've got the main event, and that is the Lucha House Party. Lince Dorado and Grand Metallic versus Hideo Itami and Akira Ah 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 Tazawa. And as Tazawa and Itami come out, looks like uh, Metallic and Dorado are going to go meet them on the uh, stage. The entranceway, if you were on, like I said, this feud has been really intense recently. Itami and Tazawa bringing in Metallic and Dorado. Oh, they get drop kicked off. And the Lucha House Party go flying through the ropes, oh suicide God. dives, taking out Itami and Tazawa. Drago he landed on his neck there. And they seem up for it, Lucha House Party. They're bringing a fight here. Well, no count outs, of course. This is anything goes. And this animosity has been building for weeks. We're underway, and Itami out the ring now, and Metallic Dorado going to double team Itami. Oh, great tag team moves. We've got a helicopter going on there as he gets slammed onto Itami's face. Tozawa in to break up the count. Yeah, now Metallic stopping Tozawa, shoving him back in the corner. Him and Dorado going to team up on him. I know they've got a couple of masks teaming up, but having a couple of Asians teaming up together as well, do you not think that's a bit racist? Yeah, I do. I do, because it's like, well, they must know each other. Because otherwise, why else would you put them together? You put two white guys, you'd be like, why are they tag team? It doesn't make any sense. You've got three masks, isn't it? Kalisto looking on. There's Dorado Metallic. And again, I know they're individuals, but if they're like a team, shouldn't they be wearing like the same colour? Like Metallic looks like a bad guy here, you know? What, all in black? Yeah, exactly. They're like, he doesn't look like he's associated really with... Uh, he looks really like devious. I know. And Dorado looks kind of more friendly, but still looks a bit odd. And Tazara and Tommy obviously not bothering about... Three like masks don't equal one Rey Mysterio. No, that's true. Well, we found out with Sin Cara, didn't we, that it wouldn't work. Four masks. Tozawa sending Dorado out. Getting caught on the apron by Metallic. Kicking Dorado. Tommy off the apron. Oh, what a knee that was. Oh. Tozawa going flying. Handspring back elbow there off on the outside. Taking down both members of the LHP. And now Tozawa. Aring, trying to get the crowd into it. What's he doing, James? He's like, ah, ah, ah. And now Tazawa and Atami. Seems he's got a bit of kicks in the corner. I think it's Atami there. Can't so who are, the, who are the heels and who are the faces? Because Atami's a heel. Tazawa, I thought he was a face. Lucha House Party are faces. Maybe Atami and Tazawa may, maybe be heels a little bit. We be heels. Because they're oh, what, because they're evil Asians? Not because of that. Just because... 
I, I, I don't know. I don't make the fucking matches, do I? I don't know why they're doing this. I'm well, sorry, James Maverick. No, Jesus Christ, son. So what would you do then to liven up, liven up 205, bro? This is the main event. What would you do if you would you introduce tag team, tag, cruiserweight tag team division? What would you do? What yeah. would you make tag it team division? Yeah, it seems I'd have a tournament as well. And what teams would you have? Well, we've got enough time in this match. What 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 teams? It's hard. Is it? I'd have a I'd have a potluck drawing of the teams. So I'd have every cruiserweight's name into a bowl. Yeah. And put out. Like, you know, two of them, right, their team is together and they'll be going against another two. And whoever it is, like that. So you could have faces with faces, hills with faces, faces, hills with faces, faces, faces with, with faces. hills. Exactly. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Sin is doing, but you would maybe bring back Lucha. Oh, uh... we've had a tap out. No, we haven't. We have uh, Lucha Dragons were around, weren't they? They're tag team. Maybe the Young Bucks, but you don't want to get tired of the kind of cruiserweight. Oh, cruiserweight um, tag. Well, double submission there for... Who was it? Well, Itami had Itami had Dorado and Metallic had Tazawa. And then Metallic dropped Tazawa onto Itami, who then broke the hold on Dorado. So that was clever of them. And now Itami trying to risk... Atami trying to rip the mask off Dorado. And Tazawa, like he said, looking the other way. But is he happy with the actions of Atami? From the, as soon as a beat down onto, uh, from Dorado onto Atami, then Tazawa gets involved and kind of breaks it up. Right, now he's looking to make a tag, but this ain't a tag team match. Oh, small package though. One, two. Ah, uh, but Atami there to break it up. And that's the advantage, you know, you don't have to leave the ring. They've taken out Metallique. You see the mask getting ripped. You can see part of Dorado's face. So what would you do to liven up the main event scene then, Jimbo? I would not have a tag team division, have a six-man tag team championship. And then you could have like Lucha House Party and other cruiserweight teams. Like you said, three men who could team up to see if they were the best. Then you could come up with a, a cruiserweight version of the Shield or whatever you wanted to. Do you know what I mean? Have these different trios. And go for titles like that. I think that'd be cool. We've not seen a six-man tag team championship. You saying that having a cruiserweight version of the Shield? I I envisage three midgets coming out, wearing <laughs> t- coming through the crowd, but you can't see them until they hop over the barricade. They like to be called little people. Right. Oh, so little midgets. Don't be smallest. Like they're smallest. And a time again, looking to rip the mask off of um, Lince Dorado. Irish rip attempt by both guys and metallic springboarding off the top rope, double drop kick, taking out Itami. And Tazawa. But Atami cuts off Metallic. Oh, but a springboard looking for a back elbow, but Itami ducks out the way but gets caught with a backbreaker. And one for Tazawa as well. <laughs> he picks up Dorado. Oh, lovely. Sends him flying, taking out both Itami and Tazawa. And they're going to look for a springboard moonsaults. Lovely. Wow. Dual springboard moonsaults. That was. And I think, they're, I think they're all trying to impress Drake Maverick into getting involved in this gauntlet match. I think they're all trying to impress Drake Maverick as well, DM the GM, to get involved in this uh, gauntlet match. Yeah, I think most definitely it's a huge opportunity now. Buddy Murphy's kind of fallen out, you know, missing weight as he has. We'll find out next week who gets to challenge Cedric Alexander at the Greatest Royal Rumble. With a cruiserweight title, it is the greatest prize on 205 Live. It's what it's all about, even in tag team match. Like I said, 
They're trying to look towards singles. And who's been impressed you most in this match? If you were looking at the moment, who would you say? Hidaya Tame. I think Hidaya's been really cool in this match so far. Maybe not as much now as he gets his head slammed into the announce table. Well, Tame might be knocked out. Irish whip reversal, though. Oh. Sends Metallic Dorado over the stairs. And he did McFoley bump. Metallic takes out Tommy. Oh, sends him crashing onto the announce table. Oh, my God. Tazawa there screaming. Okay, I changed my pick to Zawa. <laughs> yeah, Tazawa looks great after that. And the fans certainly getting, well, some of the fans certainly getting behind him. All four of them. And now, what the hell is Tazawa doing? He's going all the way to the top. Well, he definitely wants to impress Drake Maverick. Metallic's across the announce table. Looks like Tazawa's going to get him, no. But Dorado's trying to climb up the outside as well to try and save his friend. Oh. Crutches Tazawa on the top rope. And now Atami up in the apron. We're going to have three men in no man's land. But Dorado fighting both men off. Slams Atami into the top turnbuckle. But now Tazawa's back and fighting back. Tazawa's up and fighting back. And now... Now Metallic up on the apron. Oh, step up in Seguri, nearly knocking Itami out. And where the hell is Metallic going? He's on the ring post. Oh, sunset flip, power bombs both Itami and Tazawa, but that causes Metallic to go flying over, or Dorado to go flying over, or one of them. Fucking mask twats. <laughs> you don't like mask wrestling. you got a tick about that, haven't you? <laughs> Well, all four men down. That was a very impressive move there by Metallic, even though he did sacrifice his tag team partner to take Atami. And now look at this brawl between Tazawa and Dorado. Tazawa winning it. Loads Ooh, of forearms. Spinning back kick. Missed with the second one. Tried a German suplex. Dorado rolled towards the ropes. Oh, standing switch. Frankenstein. It goes for cover. One. Two. Oh. But Tazawa managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Was that like a trouble in paradise? It was. It knocked out Dorado. He might be in trouble now. Tazawa goes up top looking for his senton. Yep. To finish this off and win it. Team Japan. Oh. Hits it. Goes for the cover. One. One. Two. Oh. oh but Metallic with a double foot stomp onto Tazawa. Breaking up the camp. And now Metallic saying this is over. Metallic driver. No, Tazawa manages to roll out of it. And Spring, oh, gets caught with a dropkick in the back. Hideo Itami loading him up. Yeah, he, oh. might, be, he might be trying that for instead of the GTS, but it still doesn't look great, does it? So kicks it down, goes for the cover. But Dorado manages to stop it. Double stunner by Graham Mat- uh, Lynch. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> masked cunt! <laughs> Tazawa and Atami have got Dorado, who's in trouble, and they're shouting at him, and they're going to throw him towards the ropes. Oh, no! Catches them both with a double stunner. Goes for a cover on both of them, but both men kick out. Uh. Uh. Now, Dorado may be sensing the end. Forearms to Dorado. Dorado's still got fight. Atami's made it personal, trying to get the mask off the heritage of a wrestler, but back elbow will probably stop him. And now a chop down in the corner. Itami ready for the stomp. Both feet into Itami's head. Takes out Dorado, but Metallic in rolls out Itami, but Itami kicks out. Uh, now looking for the Metallic driver, but Itami with a backslide. And Tozawa there looking on, going to go for the kick. Oh, oh but Tozawa accidentally, inadvertently hits Itami. And now Tozawa going to go after Metallic. Gets kicked by Dorado. 
Now both men looking to go flying. And this could be bad, but they're going to try. Oh, that was nice. Well, that looked nice. Three. Well, there we go. Three count. Metallic walked the ropes, dived off with the elbow. And Dorado hit Dorado hit the shooting star press. And now Kalisto coming out here to celebrate with Metallic and Dorado. That was fucking hard. That was hard work, that was, yeah. Um, feels like I've not watched 205 Live in a while. I know it's probably WrestleMania weekend, which is what, a month now, but still. It was full of action. It was certainly something different for 205 Live. We've not seen like a tornado tag match on 205 Live, I don't think. You know, and the ending was quite controversial as well with uh, Tazawa inadvertently taking out Itami. So it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. But, yeah, you know, all in all, it wasn't a terrible match. It was a bit of a slow burner to start with, but it picked... Yeah. yeah I was quite happy with it. It filled a bit of filler episode, and I don't know if the Murphy storyline is, is saving him for a later date, but Lucha House Party win here tonight. And we'll move on to the next episode. So it's 205 Live, episode 74, April 24th. Drake Maverick welcomes us to the show, and he's ready to reveal all five competitors in tonight's number one contender gauntlet match. Nigel McGuinness is back. And how, was, how are you doing, Nigel? Well, James, I'm great. I found out that the father of my kid is actually Dan White, <laughs> and the baby looks more handsome than it should. Uh, well, he explains that a lottery was. You explained to me as well that a lottery was held backstage earlier to determine the order of entrance in the gauntlet match. Vic Joseph and Percy Jackson slash Watson remind us that we're having this match because Buddy Murphy didn't make his weight last week. When does the gauntlet start then? Now. <laughs> well, Mustafa Ali defeated TJP via pinfall following the 054. A reverse 450 to the advance. inverted 450. Reverse 450 to advance to the gauntlet. Even going early, but TJ dabs at Ali in between some grappling. Mustafa answers with an arm drag takedown, but a big shoulder block and inside cradle gets two. Two. For Perkins. Ali puts, take, Ali puts TJP on the floor with drop kick and a spin kick, but TJ uses the ropes to take control, kicking Mustafa to the floor before we go to a split screen. Yeah, Cedric Alexander is interfered by Dasha Fuentes. <laughs> Cedric Alexander is interviewed by Dasha Fuentes mid-match and says that Murphy's loss is a big opportunity for the rest of the roster, but it's the age of a he'll be ready in Jeddah for whoever emerges as number one contender. Back to the action and a battle atop the turnbuckles brings both men down to the ground where Perkins hits a drop kick to Ali's knee, then locks in the knee bar. Mustafa struggles to reach the ropes, finally making it. He gets some separation and stands to land a tornado DDT and climb for his finisher, but he's hurting. Uh, Drew Gulak defeated Mustafa Ali via referee stoppage when Ali can't respond to him while in the goo lock. Gulak advances. Jack smiles and mocks Ali about his wounded knee. Drew grabs him and throws him against the rope so his knee bounces off the top rope. Mustafa tries for some quick roll-ups, but he can't get more than a two. Two. A big lariat from Gulak allows him... To get a near fall and go back to work on the knee. Amidst lots of split screen house as for Greatest Royal Rumble. Ali manages to make to the ropes during a half Boston Crab and few variants of the same. Well, Drew puts Ali on the top turnbuckle, taunting him about his love of high flying. While he works the knee in the ropes. He fights him off and sends him to the floor. Following with a crossbody which seems to hurt him as much as it does Gulak. Back in, Drew hits a chop block but Ali manages to hit a tornado DDT out of nowhere. Nothing happens out of nowhere apart from an RKO. Gulak recovers while Mustafa slowly tries to get to the top for the 054. 
Inverted four fifty. He sends a crashing into the steps, which leaves him woozy for the finish. Then we have Drew Gulak defeating Tony Nice via submission with the Gulak. Drew advances. Well, Nice controlled the match, even hitting his running knees finisher, but then decided to pull Gulak back in the corner to punish him by hitting it again. Drew dodged, then played possum. Hello, possum! So he could grab his former tag team partner to lock in his signature submission. And then up next, Kaliso's come out. And he's going to fight Drew Gulak see who is going to become the number one contender. Kalisto attacks early on while Drew tries to stall, rolling out to recover. Once he comes in, Kalisto drop kicks him back to the floor and follows nailing and follows. Nailing him with a barrage of strikes. The former champ tries to follow with a suicide dive, which Gulak dodges, leaving Kalisto to hit nothing but the bar- but barricade. Split screen for Dasher to ask Nice how he rebounds from this loss. He just sieves... And walks off without saying anything. So now we're going to watch the end of this. So back now to the action. And Gulak is working over this Lucha House Party leader. And ripping at the mask. Sending Kalisto to the apron. Drew Gulak has been through two men already tonight. (laughs) Bloody kinky bastard. Well, no. Seriously, like. Opportunity of a lifetime for Gulak. I mean, it would tell a good story if he was there to face Alexander as well, because I think Gulak's been impressed with me, this kind of serious side to him, even though I do love the PowerPoint. Who do you think, uh, who would you want to see win this one? Gulak win. And he's punching away at Kalisto's head. There's Kalisto struggling to find his feet in this match. Uh, look at Gulak the way going Gu- for a cover, Sorry, but, but Kalisto managing to kick out. Uh, and look at the way Gulak moves. Transitions from move to move. He never... See him not doing anything in the ring. Now he's got the... Uh, Would you say he doesn't have a wasted motion? He, he doesn't have... That's an excellent player. He's motion there. So it's Salida Del Sol against the Drew Lock, or the Goo Lock. Goo Lock. Oh, my word. And uh, Harakalisto there. Nah, it doesn't work. Harakamana by Kalisto sending Gulak into the corner. Kalisto comes charging in. Gulak sidesteps. Kalisto stops short, but manages to kick... Gulak in the face, who then hangs him up over the top rope, stomach first. And that was some spring by Kalisto. And Gulak now thinking he can hit his dragon. Go for the... The Gulak. Okay, he's going for the Gulak. Can he get it in? I don't think he can get it in. He well, got Kalisto's... it into the other two men tonight. But... Kalisto trying to spin his legs around. Gulak can't quite get the grapevine on, though. Kalisto's dodging it, dodging it thus far. Gulak goes up for another attempt. And now Gulak. Oh, now Kalisto there. Well, it's prime position for a Salida del Sol. Gulak's trying to fight out, but Kalisto sends him headfirst into the tef- head first into the second turnbuckle. And now Gulak doesn't know where he is. And oh! Salida del Sol. One, two, three. Oh, my word. Gets a job done there. Kalisto's number one contender. Bit of a surprise. Out of nowhere. Nothing happens out of nowhere. But an RKO, James. Yeah. Oh, look, they've uh, changed the... Um, what the fuck they're called? They were just playing last week, weren't they? And now they're... Yeah. Mexican flag. He just broke it. <laughs> he, he's just broke it. Yeah, gone throw it away. Well, Metallic and... Linz Dorado! Come out here to celebrate victory. And they've been very successful these past couple of weeks, Lucha House Party. But what have you thought of uh, tonight's episode and Kalisto, Dan? I thought it was quite an enjoyable episode, you know. It was all about the gauntlet match for a number one contender. They should do this every week. Yes, yeah, exactly. We talk about ways to fix it. You talk about how strong Gulak oh, looks. Oh, hang on, though. Oh, my word. Cedric Alexander's music hits. He walks out, title atop his shoulder. 
and Alexander clapping for Kalisto and uh, very, very impressive. But I think the man of the night has to be Drew Gulak with his performance. Three really good matches. He's still got the rivalry with Tony Nice to build up on and I think it will be there soon. Yeah, Gulak will be the friend for me and we finish off with a show for the greatest Royal Rumble which of course was our last episode so we can now tell you that Alexander did defeat Kalisto to retain the Cruiserweight title. So that, that's the story. So we move on to our next episode of 205 Live. So it is 205 Live episode 75 and it is the 1st of May. Happy birthday, Mason. It's my little brother's birthday, May the 1st. Yeah, uh, do you know something else? Not to say it's not more important because I'll call happy birthday. But as we're recording this 3rd of May, tomorrow, May the Star 4th, Star Wars Day. No, that's not an important thing. Our very first podcast in 2015 was released May 4th. So technically, that's the podcast's birthday. Happy birthday yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, have birthday to the And also, May the 1st is exactly one year since I got smoking weed. Oh, there we go. So we've got two. So you overcome your debilitating drug problem. And the WNR podcast has turned only three, but it feels longer. WNR podcast, three years old, eh? <laughs> So how do we start? We get a quick recap of Buddy Murphy failing to make weight. Drake Gauntlet match to determine the number one contender and Cedric Alexander's successful or unsuccessful title defence against Kalisto in Saudi Arabia, depending on whether you've watched it or not. The target on the champion's back is only going to get bigger. Well, after the opening, Vic Joseph, Nigel McGuinness, Nigel McGuinness and Percy Watts welcomes us to Montreal. They inform us Murphy is waiting at 2.05. And will return. And that Drew Gulak has requested and been given a rematch against Kalisto tonight. But we go into our first match and it is the Brian Kendrick and Gentleman Jack Gahara against against Akira Tozawa and Hideo Itami. Yeah, and I mean these two men in the ring right now, we see Itami and Kendrick. Yes, the match has started. Been going on for a couple of minutes. Uh, not really much in the early going. So, what does that make Akira Tazara and Hideo Itami in this match then? Because Kendrick, or Mini McIntyre, as I like to call him, <laughs> and Jack Gallagher are definitely heels. Yes. So, is it the Akira Tazawa side of the team shining through tonight? Mate, yeah. Maybe they're just tweeners. You know, they go in between. They're not. It's like they're not heels. I'm not sure. But anyway, this kind of feud does make sense. This match makes sense. Because, of course, Hideo Tami busted Brian Kendrick's nose with a GTS on Raw many months. How, many, how long ago was Didn't that? Didn't he break now? his cheekbone? Yeah, it's was, it was a long time ago, though, wasn't it? This match makes sense, and it now looks like Ha-Ha and Kendrick taking over. They got Tazawa, the face of the team, beating them down, sending them to barricade. But, yeah, I mean, this is 27th of December. So, this is just before, obviously, 2018. And... Brian Kendrick broke his nose and orbital bone. So you think how painful that must have been. But now he's back. He doesn't look too bad, to be fair. Yes, and Tazawa is certainly in the wrong part of town as he's getting worked over by Kendrick and Gacha. He's looking for the hot tag to Itami to get that submission. Now here comes Itami, hot tag. Oh, and he comes in on fire, baby. He's on fire, baby. With the kicks to Kendrick. Looking to break some more bones. And he screams at Kendrick. Kendrick must have faith in Atami because it was, like we say, a major injury. Major injury. Major injury. Oh, and uh, Atami sends Kaha off the apron. 
Foot up to the charging in Kendrick. Oh, Tornado DDT, but hangs him up over the top rope. Goes up in the top. With a clothesline to Kendrick. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, but Kendrick managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And now Tommy trying to get in the crowd, but as you pointed out, Dan, he's neither face or heel, so why should the fans care about where he's going? But he does slap Kendrick down in the corner. And this is an impressive move for Atami. Comes flying in with a double foot stomp. He's a real innovator, you know, with offense, his GTS and all the other kicks and stuff he does. He just never really worked in WWE, but he's going for the kick now on Kendrick. No, but Kendrick manages to get out of it. Blind tag by Tazawa after Itami kicks Gallagher out, uh, after Itami kicks Kendrick out the ring. Oh, suicide dive taking out both men. Well, Itami's still a bit confused about what happened there, but Tazawa throws Kendrick back in. Oh, Tazawa comes flying in. Wow. He's got his submission locked in. All his weight on Kendrick while he's got the armbar locked in. Wrapped around his body, but Gentleman Jack in to stop the submission and take out Atami. Good tag team there by Jack. Gets a legal tag now. Looking to end it. Oh, Sets Atami up. <laughs> uh, sets Tazawa up for a powerbomb, but Tazawa slaps Kendrick off the top rope. Hawakarola to Jack and then that trouble in Tokyo. But Tazawa going to the top now. Looking for that senton. <clears throat> oh. Oh, but Itami inadvertently bounces against the ropes, crutching Tazawa on the top, <clears throat> who then gets taken up by the Brian Kendrick. Jack Gallagher with a headbutt yeah. to the chest. It's been a while since we saw that. One, two, three. And a victory for Jack and Brian. i got to say, I do hate the tights of Gentleman Jack, but I do like the victory. And then Kendrick do get some redemption over it. I mean, what did you think of that? Yeah, again, you know, another bit of accidental confusion between these two guys, uh, Tazara and Itami. Are things going to reach a boiling point very soon? Well, this is the question, isn't it? And it's one of those stories and rivalries that if they start on 205 Live, it might be interesting to watch it, you know, Tazara and Itami. They're obviously being so... Um, Evenly matched and whatnot. Yeah, well, after the pin, Hideo shoved Tazawa down and walked off alone, leaving the former champ alone and confused in the ring. Well, a recap of Murphy attacking Cedric during his post-mania championship celebration. My man, Buddy Murphy. And then Gulak gets a locker room promo, running down Kalisto for beating him with flippy stuff last week and vowing to make him tap tonight. Well, we get Buddy Murphy weighing. Maverick offers his hand to welcome him back, but Murphy refuses it and demands his title shot before walking off. And we get Buddy Murphy going against uh, local competitor. Just, uh, just nice to see Buddy Murphy here in action, defeating Larry Louie via referee stoppage. The lot Murphy was doing a heel for goes a cover to inflict more punishment after a couple of power bombs, but the official did raise his hand. Yes, yeah, so and then we get Alexander showing up as Murphy heads to the ramp. Buddy gestures him for him to bring it, and the champ charges, and they brawl to the back. Yeah, so what's that what's that like? so quite exciting there, Murphy and Alexander. But the main, well, up next, Dasha Fuentes catches up with Alexander backstage. He points out that unlike Murphy, he didn't attack from behind. If Buddy wants to match, he knows where to find him. We learn Gallagher and Kendrick will face Linstrado and Grand Metallic next week. Then there's a locker room promo from Lucha House Party. Kalisto said it was an honour to face the champ in Saudi Arabia. 
That didn't go the way he wanted, but he's ready to deal with Gulak tonight. Well, during the main event, we're also told during the main event, we're also told Murphy will face Mustafa Ali next week. And then in our main event, it is Kalisto versus Drew Gulak. So let's watch the closing segments here of this really good match. And Kalisto, you saw the replay at the end on the apron, springboards in, drop kick down to Gulak. The other side tries the uh, dive over the top. Will and oh, he hits it. Cut the beautiful moves by Kalisto in this match. You know, high fly moves. You know how much Gulak hates that. But once the Gulak is in, that's all she wrote really. And payback for the uh, defeat last week from Gulak. He looks strong. Maybe a rubber match coming up between the two men. Yes, indeed. And uh, we saw Kalisto show great fire after Gulak almost uh, almost unmasked him. But the end was clean as a sheet. Well, not your sheets, you chronic masturbator. I wank <laughs> a lot. I'm not going to lie to anybody here. I do wank a lot. Um, so, yes, but we move after. So what do you think of 205 Live this month or the last three episodes? It has been interesting. You know, they're kind of moving on from the tournament side. And, you know, they're trying something new. But I do think they need a secondary title or something else to focus on because you can't have everyone going for the same title. No. But I think a way maybe of improving that, I think it's been good but not great this month, is maybe having Alexander defending his title, not on a week-in, week-out basis, but maybe, you know, a couple of weeks or... So instead of a paper you just defence, he's he's doing it. So then there's more excitement and people think, oh, shit, maybe. And then you can have more people have an opportunity well, then. Well, yeah, because we don't see much of Alexander. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw him brawling a little bit, but no real matches and... Yeah, that's where he really shines, isn't it? In the ring, so. Indeed. But anyway, we move on to news. News! And WWE obtains a restraining order against fan who smeared feces on training facility. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, really? We only have the best news here. Yes, WWE had to abstain, uh, WWE had to obtain a restraining order against a fan who desecrated the company's training facility in Orlando on multiple occasions. On multiple occasions. So we didn't just smear shit one time. Multiple occasions. I have I, I have many many questions right. upon this, but one was it his own feces? <laughs> right. Why would that? Okay, right, yeah, what would you have a question? Um was he wearing gloves or was it barehanded? I would like the fact that he would just go in there Take a big handful. Or, what would he be doing? What, you think he's taking buckets with him? Exactly. Was he was he going in there, <laughs> shitting in his hand, and wiping it up the wall? Yeah. Or was he against the wall, shitting down it? Did he have toilet paper as well? Was he wiping his bum after but, but smearing his feces? Maybe he was throwing, like, shitting hand. Or maybe he was trying to lean, like, you know, up against the building and then shit at the building, maybe, or wipe his ass against... But it says smearing feces. Yeah, but then again, if you you can smear... Well, I have some, but you know what I mean? Like, you've had a smearer. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes uh, it's not... Anyway, anyway, anyway. Well, per court documents obtained by TMZ Sports, Armando Alejandro Montavo smeared his own feces all over the WWE Performance Centre in 2015. Look, if you throw enough shit at the wall, something's going to stick. <laughs> and that is where they created Roman Reigns. <laughs> Believe that. Well, Montalvo showed up at WWE event in Florida last month 
and was harassing company employees. His <laughs> hands covered in shit. <laughs> Shame my hand. He recently posted a message on Instagram, cryptically threatening WWE wrestlers and staff, leading the company to get an immediate restraining order to prevent him from causing any further problems. Very interesting story to start, but now some serious news. And this was huge news. Uh, just after WrestleMania, we haven't yet spoken about, but we're going to delve right into the subject now. John Cena and Nikki Bella break up after six-year relationship, and they end their engagement. Oh, no! No! Well, I can't believe it, but WWE star John Cena and former Divas champion Nikki Bella have broken off their engagement and separated after six years together, which is basically what you said. While this decision was a difficult one, we continue to have a great deal of love and respect for one another, they said in a statement to us. We ask that you respect our privacy during this time in our lives. Well, Cena proposed to Bella at WrestleMania 33. They teamed up to beat The Miz and Maurice, capping off a storyline in which The Miz had questioned Cena's long-term commitment to Bella. Well, in a trailer for the newest season of reality show Total Bella's release in January, Cena and Bella's relationship was used as a cliffhanger, with Bella seemingly alluding to their engagement when she asked Cena, so you really want to call this off? Cena addressed the comment in a February interview on NBC's Today Show. The 16-time world champion acknowledged he and Bella had experience and downs like any other couple, but they were going to move forward and try to work through it. Try and move forward and try to work That's what I do to a kebab, not a relationship. <laughs> right, okay. Let's try and get work through this. Well, Cena also spoke about his engagement with Bella last month during his appearance on The Tonight Show. Cena said that he ain't scheduled a wedding date yet and that he's on standby and will be prepared whenever he and Bella decided to have the ceremony. Do we care? Do we fuck? That's a sad story for Cena, but something to cheer... John Cena up, right? Because Cena's increasingly spending his time away from the ring and in Hollywood, where his budding acting career continues to flourish. Last year, Cena voiced a title character in the Oscar-nominated animated feature film Ferdinand, and he has a leading role in Blockers, the comedy film that comes out last weekend, and the upcoming Transformers movie. That's a huge step up for the bit roles he was playing previously, and Cena also hosted countless award shows, starred in two seasons of Fox's American Grit competition show, and even the voice of the nut-loving elephant in commercials for wonderful pistachios. That sort of work appears to be laying the foundation for a successful second act in Hollywood, and any talk of Cena's move to the big screen naturally requires a mention of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The former WWE superstar is arguably now the world's... The former WWE superstar is arguably now the world's biggest movie star. Clearing $65 million last year and has laid out the SmackDown, no, has laid out the roadmap for a pro wrestler's jump to the mainstream. With success in his early roles, a larger than life physique, and apparently unending supply of time at his command, Cena appears to be well on the way. Forbes estimated that last year Cena made $10 million the most of any WWE superstar. So, yes, his relationship with Nikki Bella has come to an end, but he did make $10 million last year, so. Not too bad. Well, Cena's earnings are up $2 million over the previous year. Part of that increase has to do with a busier wrestling schedule. He nearly doubled the number of events that he worked in an injury play 2016. Isn't that crazy? Cena worked twice as many dates in 2017 than he did 2016. But he didn't do anything in 2017, really, did he? No. Uh, we figured that more than $2 million of Cena's pay came from outside WWE. Still fucking $8 million from WWE. That income is more than enough to retake the throne from Brock Lesnar, who falls at... Who falls to number two? Who falls to number two? With six and a half million dollars in earnings, 
Lesnar's one atop the earnings list was thanks largely to his brief return to the UFC in 2016. The Beast Incarnate took on Mark Hunt at UFC 200 in July 2016, earning a then-record $2.5 million purse and clearing some $6 million altogether on his return to the octagon. The real fighting didn't last long, however, after a failed drug test and subsequent suspension. But Lesnar's second UFC retirement allowed him to work a busier WWE schedule in 2017 than he had in years, though by our count, it still just amounted to 35 events worked during the calendar year. Well, Roman Reigns rounds out the top three with $4.3 million in earnings. Lowe Reigns is maybe WWE's most diverse performer. His star power is undeniable. Reigns has been featured in the main event of the last four WrestleManias. And he moves merchandise more than anyone but Cena. Just behind him with 3.5 million is AJ Styles, who was with the company's top workhorse in 2017. By our count, nobody worked more pay-per-view, cable episodes, or house show than Styles last year. And the majority of those featured in the main event. And he fucking deserves that. Do you know what I mean? He deserves it. Well, we've previously broken down how wrestlers get paid in great detail. But a short version is that WWE stars are guaranteed a base salary plus cuts of company revenues. Wrestlers receive a portion of their merchandise sales, typically 25% of licensing and 5% of direct sale profits. As well as a share of revenues from events they work, those powers can vary quite a bit depending on the type of event and even the specifics even the specific match on the card. Working a mid-card match at an untelevised house show could be worth just a few hundred dollars while routinely performing in the main event of major pay-per-views, major pay-per-views, basically guarantees an annual salary in the millions. There may not be a better example just how drastic the difference can be than Triple H. In 2016, Triple H won the Royal Rumble and he's in the main event at WrestleMania. His in-ring pay that year came out to 2.5 million. Last year, Triple H fought Seth Rollins in a lengthy mid-card bout at WrestleMania, and then late won the main event as far as for Team Raw. That may not seem like a major step down. Major step down. In terms of his importance in WWE storytelling, but last year, Triple H made $1.5 million from his booking contract, a 40% year-over dip. You know, Triple H, he's, he's a bit of an exception. The coo. Of course, Triple H is in a bit of a unique spot, given that the on-screen WWE Chief Operating Officer is the role played by Paul Levesque, who in real world doubles as WWE's Executive Vice President of Talent, Live Events and Creative. In that executive role, Levesque earned another $1.7 million last year from salary, non-equity incentives and vesting company stock. Altogether, Triple H made $3.2 million in 2017, Good for fifth most among WWE performers. Well, leaving the list this year is Shane McMahon. According to WWE financial fire filings, McMahon made 1.3 million last year, which fails to crack the top 10. 10. We've also admitted two other McMahons, WWE Chairman Vince and his daughter Stephanie, who is WWE's Chief Brand Officer, or Sybil. Because limited performers who fought at least one match in 2017, Stephanie McMahon will likely join the ranks next year thanks to upcoming wrestle- thanks to her WrestleMania match with Ronda Rousey. Last year, McMahon made $2.2 million, which would have been good for number nine on the list. Vincent Man made $3.1 million from executive pay last year, but his on-screen time is limited to sporadic appearances. Replacing Shane McMahon is Kevin Owens, who ranks 10th with $2 million in earnings. The Canadian wrestler had runs as Universal Champion in early 2017, and he was among the companies throughout the year. His 11 pay-per-view events tie for most worked by any performer, and hovering not too far outside the top 10 of two wrestlers, currently getting bigger reactions 
than just about anyone, and that is Braun Strowman and Shinzuki fucking Nakamura. Well, here is the full top 10, 10 list. We'll start from 10 to 1. So number 10, Kevin Owens at 2 million. No, sorry, number 10 is Ty Dillinger. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. Do with the fucking money. <clears throat> the num- number 9, Dean Ambrose with 2.2 million. The Undertaker with 2.5 million, number 8. Number seven, Seth Rollins, 2.7 million. Number six, and he should be number one because he's number one in my heart, and that is Randy Orton with 2.9 million. Number five, Triple H, 3.2 million. Number four, AJ Styles with 3.5 million. Number three, Rob, 3 million. As we said, number two, Brock Lesnar with 6.5 million. And then number one, it is John Cena with 10, 10 million. I can't see anyone on number one. Back to John Cena and Nikki. Brie Bella denied ill will towards John Cena on Wednesday following his breakup with her twin sister, Nikki. Well, according to a source, on one level, Brie wants to kill John. Sure, no one should be allowed to hurt a sister like this. On her Instagram story, Brie wrote, I'd never say this. She added, I'll always love John Cena like a brother. He'll always be my family. My heart is hurting for he and my sister. Well, earlier this week, Cena and Nikki Bella announced they had ended their six-year relationship just weeks for their scheduled May 5th wedding. On Monday, we reported that a source close to the situation said Nikki broke off the engagement due to Cena's perceived lack of desire to marry her. Well, Cena proposed to Nikki last year at WrestleMania 33. And like we say, what a WrestleMania moment that was. But Nikki, so it was a picture of her on a beach. Yeah, there was. She took to Instagram account and posted new photos with captions that commented on moving forward. So here we go. So Nikki Bella... For whatever we lose, like a you or a me, it's always ourself we find in the sea. What a cunt. <laughs> Hang on. Also, courage is the power to let go of the familiar. She is a cunt. Well, Awful. So I'm upset. Nikki, you're single. I'm single. Look, just drop me an email and I'll see when I'm available. CM Punk and WWE aren't done yet because they still have a day in court due to a $1 million defamation lawsuit. Oh, when you said CM Punk and WWE aren't done yet, I got really excited. James, put it away. <laughs> we previously reported that Punk's trial with WWE set to go to court. We previously reported that Punk's trial with WWE set to go to court on May 21st. But it turns out the case has the date much sooner than that. According to court documents obtained by us... There is a pre-trial court date set for May the 5th at 1.30pm where Punk and Cabana summary judgment will be heard. Isn't that great? They could have had a Nikki Bella and John Cena wedding the same day as Punk and Cabana. I know where I'd rather be. Well, this is an attempt to see conclusion without going to trial. A judgment like this usually issued if they can just credit an entire case of for merits of that case. As always, we'll keep you up to date on any new events on this ongoing situation. Situation. Well, police in New Orleans are investigating an incident between David Boy Smith Jr. and Jake Roberts from April 7th. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. It's good, isn't it? A representative from the New Orleans Police Department told us that Smith allegedly threw a cup of coffee at Roberts while the two were having an argument at WrestleCon during the weekend of WrestleMania 34. Well, Smith told WrestleZone that he had become angry when he confronted Roberts about critical things Roberts had said about his father, who wrestled as a British Bulldog. Smith said he asked Roberts to resolve their dispute outside, but Roberts declined and told Smith to fuck off. 
At which point, Smith allegedly threw the coffee. And now Jake Roberts has uh, dropped the charges against David Boy Smith Jr. Uh, so it's a bit weird, but the Hearts and, and David Boy, they want to... It's like Cody Rhodes, isn't it? They want to... If WWE aren't doing it, they want to keep the legacy of their... The, the family alive still, you know. So it's, uh, I think, important thing, but it can get you in trouble. And someone else might be in trouble backstage. Well, it's Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is one of the most popular WWE superstars on the Raw roster. But there have been rumblings about her reputation outside of the ring. Yeah, well, uh, PW Insider recently talked about some of the stories about her attitude. They brought it up during her WrestleMania week and she blew it off. Banks have been critical of fans that approach wrestlers in private non-work settings like a gym or at a restaurant. Actually, that is a fair point, and hopefully fans can understand there are times when it's not proper to approach a celebrity. Like, so, so, um, <laughs> so didn't you have a view on the other side of the fence when it was Randy Orton getting pissed off because people wanted to meet him when he was in a bathroom washing his hands? Yeah, look, it, it, yes. There have been stories about her reputation backstage at WWE, and that is one of the reasons they've called off on her push. At one point, the feeling on her was that she was too injury-prone. It's something that Vince McMahon has said in the past. Well, luckily for Banks, there are some people in management that go to bat for her. If the backstage issues are a problem, hopefully she can work on that so she can get back in the main event picture for the Raw Women's Championship. And for now, she's in a feud with Bailey, another WWE superstar that has called off in recent months. It's still a mid-card feud, but there is so much more than can do. There's so much more they can do with both of these women. Well, satanic fire demon Kane has taken the next step towards becoming a Tennessee mayor. Glenn Jacobs, the man behind the Royal Cube State Mask and the Holy Fire Powers, won a narrow victory in a primary. It looks like he'll be headed to the general election. General election. Republican nominee for Knox County. Tennessee's mayor, VW.com, who are hilariously careful about not mentioning the actual name. The former WWE champion announced his candidacy in April of last year and has been campaigning ever since while still finding time to compete at events like the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania's Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Kane won the initial tally by 17 votes. Though the count is not yet official, there are still provisional ballots to be counted over the next several days. Congratulations to Kane on the newest chapter in his storied career. I'm sorry, but people going for mayor and things like that, they've often got scandals coming up. So what about the Katie Vick? He killed Katie Vick. I know. I know. It's true. And he chokeslammed his brother into his parents' caskets that we just saw recently as well. He set JR on fire. He tried to kill kill Shout Man in the car. I mean, the video evidence is damning. But Trump is president, Dan. Yes. And um, that can happen. If we're Kane, we're locking up that nomination and getting elected to the office of mayor based solely on a has your party's candidate ever tied Shane McMahon to one of the posts of a wrestling ring and shocked his balls with a car battery and some jumper cables platform. So, yes, arrivals. And beyond wrestling, say goodbye to Martin Stone, a.k.a. Danny Birch, at their show on Sunday. Birch had been working on NXT shows for years since 2015 during this recent run. But that was not under a long-term contract, so that that allowed him to work elsewhere. Now he will be working exclusively for WWE and possibly for promotions that they have partnered with in the UK. Well, Birch wrestled his fights, Josh Briggs, and then gave a farewell speech. He said, farewell, everybody. Injuries! Zack Ryder suffered a knee injury last night during the main event television tapings in a match against 
Mike Kinellis. Ryder posted on Instagram saying that while the roster will be flying to Saudi Arabia, he will be flying to Orlando to get an MRI. Ryder was featured in the advert for the Greatest Royal Rumble, so obviously WWE now has two open spots to fill in, and Zack Ryder not being the Greatest Rumble match. I mean, that some people are not buying tickets now because of that, Dan. Do you know that? Indeed, yes. Well, the former Intercontinental Champion was out of action for six months last year after he suffered a knee injury in December 2016, forcing Hype Bros to surrender their number one contender spot for the SmackDown Tag Team titles after they won a Battle Royal. Wow. So Zack Ryder is going to be out a matter of time, and Mojo Rawley is not injured. He's just not getting used anymore. <laughs> and depending on who you ask, Dean Ambrose will be back in WWE in a few weeks or in September. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Good information has been hard to come by on his status, and that train just got another data point. Well, reports that Ambrose was cited in Birmingham, Alabama, WWE's orthopedic headquarters last week for more physical therapy. That doesn't leave much for deduction, other than establishing that Ambrose routinely pops into rehab his triceps. When Ambrose has surgery to fix the busted muscle, after estimation he'd be coming back soon after WrestleMania, then... WWE threw us all off by declaring he'd be out past SummerSlam. However, Seth Rollins is telling a much different story. Continental champion sat down with Cape Town, South Africa's 94.5, and the topic of his injured shield comrade came up. And according to Rollins, Ambrose will be back well before WWE's September target date. South Africa, diplomatic immunity. Crunchy fucking plural. Now fucking tell me, Seth Rollins, what happened with Dean Ambrose? And Seth Rollins said he had some pretty extensive tricep surgery earlier this year, so he's definitely still on the mend and rehabbing. But he'll be back and better than ever. You wait. You summertime, maybe late spring. According to Google, summer officially begins on June the twenty first, making net month constitute as late spring. If Rollins' words hold true, Ambrose could be back by Mother's Day. Well, upon learning of Ambrose's injury, that was the original timeline we all expected. However, when WWE slapped the September prognosis on return, we were left to scratch our heads. However, for the sake of dramatic return, WWE typically overestimates recovery time for its superstars. That way, when they come back three months early, WWE can tackle the return as... Miraculous. miraculous! Well, Dean's return promises a few untapped juicy scenarios. Before his untimely injury, it was rumoured that he was set to become a villain... This likely would have hinged on him betraying Rollins and Roman Reigns, which would have led to a WrestleMania match between Seth and Dean. Obviously, that didn't happen, but that doesn't mean the notion of Ambrose's heel turn is dead. Well, when Ambrose returns, whether it be May or September, we should be on high alert for him to do something terrible to Rollins. But he'll need to heal up first. (laughs) Get it? Oh, yeah. We'll keep our fingers crossed that WWE overestimated recovery time and Dean can come back in the next few weeks. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, fans hope that after an extensive open-heart surgery, WWE and WCW legend Vader could avoid the hospital for a lengthy period. However, just days after his massive operation, the 63-year-old is already having issues. On Thursdays, Vader updated his followers with a troubling message that had him heading back to the hospital, citing severe pain and a case of pneumonia. Vader sought immediate medical attention. Damn! I have bad news. I'm back in the hospital, pain is through the roof, and they say I have pneumonia. Can't breathe, but I'm still fighting, he wrote. Well, Vader hasn't updated his status. He's made several tweets since the one above, since the one you just said, and we can only assume that things have stabilised. Well, earlier this week, Vader shared a grisly photo of his scar from the massive surgery. He said, they had me 
but I kicked out a two. Uh, two. The surgeon confessed he had a few too many. <laughs> That's why the scar is off centre. Oh, that man, my life. Thank you, Jesus. Since rising from the operating table, Vader has launched an informal PSA campaign advocating routine checkups of the heart. Vader says he has no symptoms, but had five clogged arteries, making making his mortality a ticking time bomb. Well, Vader attributes his heart crisis to decades of poor dieting and urges anyone who listened to eat more consciously. Vader discussed his medical condition in an interview with Bill Apter prior to his surgery back in March. He said, I literally had 10 blood vessels that are clogged over 90% of my heart. I guess, just put it mildly, I'm a mum. I went in for a routine visit. I was having chest pains. And I go see him, his doctor, and he says, you need to go to the hospital. I said, oh God, when? In the next couple of weeks, I got bookings and I got this and I got that. He says, no, right now. So he basically gave me some injectable blood fillers right then. Vader noted that the blood thinners kept him from having a heart attack. Here's the deal. I was afraid, Vader said. I said, hey, my heart feels great. I'm wrestling. I'm riding the bike 30 minutes hard. There's no fine. Well, guess what? I wasn't fine. I had a blockage. He said a type of blockage that you, over 90% of 10 arteries, started 15 years ago. So when you say you came in 10 years, even 8 years ago, and got checked out and found some blockage, we could have gone in there without a catheter. Basically stuck a cable in my groin and walked it, worked it out through my stomach and cleaned it out. It's been a tumultuous 2018 for the big man. But it looks like he's finally on the up and up. While a return to the hospital is certainly alarming, hopefully it's only a minor bump in this road to recovery. Well, WWE are planning NXT expansion through global localization of performance centers and regional territories. So, WWE wants to take over the world. As the largest and most profitable professional wrestling organisation, WWE has already expanded their brand on a global level with live events and talent being recruited from all corners of the map. Now, WWE expanded even further by using their model for NXT locations around the globe. Triple H, who championed and helped build NXT into a feeder system for the main WWE roster, revealed plans for even more expansion to help cultivate and foster talent from countries all over the world. With Raw and SmackDown Live calling up all of my NXT superstars, I quickly realised NXT needed a feeder system of its own. Levesque explained when speaking at the WWE 2018 Business Part Summit, we had to reimagine once again how and where we were recruiting not only in the United States, but outside as well. The plan to expand falls under what Triple H calls global localization, a term he's actually trademarking where WWE will establish performance centers and NXT style brands in local markets around the world. The first example of this kind of expansion with WWE is launching a United Kingdom tournament that crowned a champion last year, and another version of the same event takes place in June. Now WWE plans to expand that same kind of footprint in new markets around the globe, like Saudi Arabia, and of course Asia, and all these other places. And what's really scary is the picture. It looks like Dad's Army, or I think we'll post it on. That's what Triple H's grand plan is, to take over the world and build the young talent in all the countries and fucking take them there. So we're going to have an NXT UK, basically. I'm looking forward to seeing talent from all over the world. We now go to our, well, my favourite time of the month. When does NXT update start? Now!
Well, it is NXT 445, and it's April 18th, 2018. An in-memory of Bruno Sammartino graphics silently opens this show. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Wrestling are out to open the show, and Full Sail is very excited to see them. After the welcome back chants die down, Johnny Gagana tells the fans that going to NXT TakeOver New Orleans, he dreamt of this moment. It's good to be home, and it's good to be no longer defined by two words. Tommaso and Chumper. After 37 of the most, most intense minutes he's ever spent in a wrestling ring, he, was it 37 minutes long? Fucking hell, I didn't feel it. He's back where he belongs. Johnny Wrestling is back in NXT. The past few months have been the hardest of his career, but the fans chant his name and shoving his sign in Chumper's face got him through, and he thanks us for having his back. And to my wife, Candice LeRae, Gagano takes her hand and says it's been tough on both of them, but without her, he couldn't have gotten through it. And he loves her so much, but with the mushy crap out of the way, the wrestlings have one more piece of business to take care of. Candice takes the She'll be facing Zelina Vega tonight. Johnny says if CN tries to get involved, he'll put him down like his name was Tommaso Ciampa. Gagano then says he wants to be the number one contender to Alistair Black's NXT title because he is Johnny Wrestling and we are NXT. I tell you something at this moment in time with a reception and everything like this. I don't think there's a more over babyface in WWE than Johnny Gagano. Everybody, everybody is behind him here. Well, Mauro Ronaldo and Percy Watson slash Jackson hype the women's match and remind us about the no DQ fight, which is Killian Dane versus Lars Sullivan, and then tell us Ricochet will be next. Yes, first Killian Dane is in a dark location somewhere, ranting about Lars Sullivan taking away his opportunity in New Orleans tonight. Uh, New Orleans, tonight with no sanity and no Nicky Cross, he's going to take everything from Lars. So here we go, Dan. It's, really, it's your guy. It's my guy, Rick. The one and only. The thing about Ricochet... Well, you can tell me. Though. The thing about Ricochet, he doesn't need any fancy music, does he? He doesn't need any fireworks, doesn't need any uh, glitz or glamour coming out to the ring. Because when he gets in the ring... That's where he does all his talking. And he's certainly very impressive in the ring. And he's ripped as well. He's so great. I mean, what are the things... Tell me five things you love about Ricochet. Well, he's ripped... He's absolutely brilliant in the ring. His high-flying ability is subpar. He, I think he wrestles near flawlessly and brings so much difference to the table. Yeah, he really does. Ricochet is the future of wrestling. And not as just Ricochet himself, but the way we look at performers and what they could do in the ring. You know, the, the person his size, that might be considered small is going to be a kind of future main event in WWE. And that's not bullshit. That's fact. And he's going against... Fabian Eichner. Fabian Eichner. Fabian Eichner. The Italian-born, German-sounded Eichner. He's uh, bald-headed and got a bit of a a beard. Hmm. Hmm. Looks like Goldberg. Looks like Ricky Hayes. Eichner. Nothing is easy in NXT or WWE. So, Dan, seeing as I'm just an incredible person, I'll let you take the, the Roman Reigns in Ricochet's first NXT match. Test of strength to get this start. Collar and elbow tight. Ricochet gets the better of it. Turns it into a side headlock. Well, it's impressive. I mean, Ricochet's got a bit of strength about him as well, hasn't he? You know, it's not all uh, 
It's not all high flying. As he rolls over the back of Eichner, rolls through, catches him in a head scissors and nips up and a beautiful leaping ability on the drop kick just from so, Ricochet. Just so quick as well. Quick as a hiccup. Quick, quick and crisp. Mm. Yeah, the fans charting Ricochet. And Fabian Eichner is uh, trying to promote himself as the next level. Well, maybe he is. I mean, he looked impressive there with a chop, not got bad body. Well, if Eichner's the next level, Ricochet is two levels above that. <laughs> Ricochet's completed the game that Eichner is the next level of. Well, what just happened there? Eichner just taken out Ricochet. Yeah, he caught him with a gut buster, but Ricochet's just reeling him in. <laughs> you say that about every one of your guys, you know. That. He is, oh, he's just playing possum. Hello, possums. Right, they're not playing possum there. Well, he's having a bit of a rest, laying down in the corner. He is stomping mud hole, walking dry at the moment. And Ricochet, well, I used to be impressive, I guess, but I guess Eichner's got his number. Ricochet coming back with some chops. Irish whip attempt reversed by Eichner. Oh, oh. and a tilt a well backbreaker. That's going to chop the big Rick down. Right, they're nearly getting it, but Ricochet kicking out. Uh-huh. Managing to fight out. But a knee to the midsection, and that is certainly slowing Ricochet down. Eitner has been impressive. Wearing Ricochet down with submission. And now it looks like he's going to finish him off. With the next level. But Ricochet jumping over the top. Landing against the ropes. Catching Eitner with a back elbow. Eitner comes running in. Ricochet lifts his foot. But he gets caught by Eitner, who delivers a thunderous uppercut. He's been one step ahead of Ricochet in this match so far. Again to the opposite corner. But Ricochet catches him in the corner. Pushes him off of his feet. <laughs> rolls through. And just another beautiful, leaping, seated dropkick, taking Eichner down. Can this be Ricochet's chance to get back into this match? No, he's got to get his breath back. But you've got to imagine what it's like for Ricochet. He's living his dream right now. He always want to come WWE's in NXT. There's a lot of pressure. As he's blocking Eichner's strikes and delivers a few right hands of his own. Blocks a close on attempt and hits a running forearm. Takes Eichner down. Catches him with a second. And Ricochet's starting to get some momentum as he comes running in with a uppercut to the co- in the corner. Yeah, there's in a bit of trouble. Irish route reversal. Ricochet sidesteps the oncoming Eichner. 619. Springboards his way back in with a lovely <laughs> uppercut. Cesaro esque. And now the fans quietly get. And a standing shooting star. But Eichner gets shoulder up at two. Oh, and Ike has got his ear pierced. <laughs> what? Bringing your, bringing your facts throughout the match. So Ricochet <laughs> going up. What could he be looking for here? He could be. He could do anything from that top rope. There's not a lot he can't do. Oh, apart from jump off it because Eichner comes in and takes his legs out, crutches him on the top rope. Yeah, Eichner's down. Ricochet fights off Fabian's attempts though. Perch on the top, looking for his six fifty. Hits it. One, two, three. Tell me that man isn't a god in the wrestling ring. Honest to goodness, no one hits that move. I've only seen two men ever hit the 630, that's Will Ospreay and Ricochet. And it is quite an incredible feat to get that rotation around and the speed. And to be fair, Ricochet, actually, it's not a bad match. Do you know what I mean? It was, no. uh, like I say, pretty, pretty standard. But uh, I think Ricochet looked impressed. What are your thoughts on Ricochet here? Yeah, you know, he's he's just getting started in NXT. Mark my words, James. He is a future heavyweight or universal champion. Oh, well, there we go. We've got it on uh, we've got it on tip now, son. So uh, up next, 
Caleb Braxton catches up with Ricochet ringside. He tells her it feels great to be making his full sale debut. He watched a lot of wrestlers become stars. He named drops Bailey, Sami Zayn, and Seth Rollins, and said it's his turn now. He's here to show the world there's one and only. Oh shit! Do you want to do this? <clears throat> He's here to show the world there's only one and only Ricochet. So here's his match. That's impre- oh fucking hell! Have already started. We get a recap of Raw Raiders' debut last week and learn they'll be on next. We get an EC3 hype video. He brags about being 97% charisma and only 3% body fat. EC3 tells Maro his name is the best. So it's not Ethan Carter III. No, I'll just leave him alone, right? EC3 is going to dominate NXT. You mark my words, Dan. EC3 will be NXT champion. Well, Lars gets a stairwell promo. He's going to show Dane and the world he is a real-life freak of nature. Yes, and up next it is War Raiders versus JC and Chris. 23 minutes. Oh, versus JC and Chris. After shedding their armour, how uh, Roe and Hansen lead the crowd in rocking out and pumping the devil horns. So Roe starts and, oh my God, he's just blasted one of the guys with a dropkick. So Roe... Is bold. Is bold. There you go. And now I don't think the, I don't think the other guy wants to tag him. Really, to be fair, I think he's in a little bit of trouble. And Roe sits like Deuce and Domino, hip tossed. <laughs> and now here comes Hanson, big Hanson in, takes him down. Well, we've got the Authors of Pain have left NXT. You know the NXT tag team division. You could say might be open, and with Sanity gone as well, with the War Raiders arriving. They serious contenders soon, and they had no effect on the big man there. Hanson. Yeah, and Hanson just sent him to hell with that clothesline. I'm not impressed by the War Raiders. They look like a, a heavy machinery attempt to me. But they've been successful in the independent scene beforehand, so maybe they give them time. I don't think they, they look that great, do you know what I mean, to be fair. Even though, like I say, the the, um, the War Raiders have been around for quite a while. But we got to give them a chance. Well, i got to give them a chance. And Roe now has got one of the guys. Hanson off the top. Oh, with a big thunderous leg drop. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. They're very squashy, though, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're running through. We have the pain before, so maybe they will change it up a little bit. But... The kind of, you do need that as kind of monster tag team, didn't you? So, we'll... we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do we need more monster tag teams? I mean, we've got the Bludgeon Brothers. we got Authors of Pain. You know, it's too many is really fucking annoying. Well, this is the... I think in NXT, you haven't got really any at the moment. So, they kind of help heavy here. machinery. Yeah, heavy machinery, but they're not really doing it. The heavy machinery is together to be eventually split. And, like you know, like big Cassies now... Like eventually, oh, even... they want Dozovich and Knight to go separate ways. They do. Look at Strowman. Strowman was is just like one of these guys, but they just they gave him a chance and he got over. So, any anything is possible. These are actually a proper tag. Well, anyway, all right, let's move let's on. Carry on. All right. So it, to even cheer you up even more, that was called the fallout, and we see women's champion Shania Baszler, the most dangerous woman in WWE. She is at the performance center. She's late to a meeting, which tells promptly. Which she promptly takes over from Serena Deeb. First, she rips Ember Moon's name off her locker, then tells the roster there's no one there to stop her now. So everyone needs to get in line or just run over. Or get run over. 
Dakota Kai gets up and walks out, but doesn't confront Basler. She just says she's going to get some water. Reeves gets a hype video. He's grown his hair out and is calling himself the finest. He'll be on in two weeks. Let's take a look at him because we know you love NXT talent. And this is what Connor Reeves is. You like? You like no. Connor Reeves? <laughs> no, he's just really fucking irritated me. What? What? I mean, he's more like a fucking Tyler Breeze. <laughs> you can't take that twat seriously. Oh, dear. Well... We'll, we'll see what Connor Reeves is like in two weeks' time. We'll show, they show the video that we released online earlier today with an interview asking Pete Dunne his thoughts on Roderick Strong. The UK champ stops walking away from his rolling suitcase to say he'll be back in a few weeks and they show us what he thinks of Roddy. He's going to rip his head off. Well, up next we've got Lars Sullivan versus Killian Dane. And after some jawing, Dane blasts Sullivan with a headbutt, follows up strikes and clothesline, puts Lars on the floor... He then drags Killian down to start the brawl there. Dane back in. Looking to put hurt on oh, Lars Sullivan. Oh, suicide dive. Oh. He gets caught by Killian Dane, who backs him into the ring post. And that is great strength by Lars Sullivan there. Oh, he's going to try with Dane. Oh. Suplex on the outside on them wafer thin mats. Dad, Dad, please explain to me. We're man that weight. I mean, and those mats have been how thin? I mean,. What? James, them mats are mere millimetres thin and it is just pure concrete underneath. And I don't need to tell you how hard concrete is. <laughs> you don't have to tell me how hard concrete is. Well, this is a, a war of the monsters, Lars Sullivan and Killian and Dane. We saw them clash in that hellacious six-man ladder match and now they're going to put their... Uh, finally end this feud, maybe, with Dane going up to the main roster. Who will be the real monster? Looks like Sullivan is at the moment. It's got Dane down. Well, Sullivan's going to be the real monster if Dane's going. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I don't want to I just spoil it for everybody, but still. And now look at Sullivan beating down on Dane. Oh, my God. So Sullivan, just so impressive. I mean, Alistair Black, your man, must be worried. Are you worried about Lars Sullivan? No. <laughs> Why not? Because he's beating down Killian Dane with relative ease. Exactly. So what is he going to do for Alistair Black? Dane's a bigger man. Oh, German suplex from Lars Sullivan on Killian Dane, who wisely rolls to the outside dead, to safety. Yeah, deadlift by Lars. So why are you avoiding it? Why, why Alistair Black's like you? Are you and Alistair Black running scared of Lars Sullivan, aren't you? No, we're not. We're just looking at our next challenge, which is Johnny Wrestling, mm-hmm. which you'll find out later on. <laughs> and then we, you know, we take Lars Sullivan as he comes. <laughs> oh my God! Well. If he comes as hard as he's coming right now, Dan, then Alistair Black's going to... Because Sullivan's off the top there. Clothesline. Taking out Dane. But he also hurt himself. He did. And Alistair Black is a lot more athletic than Killian Dane. Yeah, well, uh, to be fair, Black has beaten Dane before. I'll give you that. But Sullivan's a different kind of monster. He's a, he's a freak accident. Yes, but Scott Steiner was a genetic freak. <laughs> And now Lars off the second rope brings Dane back in. Flying headbutt, a la Chris Benoit. Goes for the cover to... Oh. But Dane managing to kick out. Uh, who I also believe has got a bloodied nose. I think he has. Well, I mean, how big Lars Sullivan's head is. He's going to get it all, isn't he? Jumping off the second rope there. And what's he looking for? Of course, there's no disqualification. Oh, he's throwing a steel chair into the ring. He's throwing a second steel chair into the ring. To do now. He's throwing a third steel chair into the ring. 
Now, James, if anyone knows what it's like to have three in the ring, it is you. Yeah, I mean, because having chairs in there are very dangerous, even though the fans want tables. We are going to get chairs here. We saw the vicious bump Adam Cole took on those chairs. I mean, I still remember it now, <laughs> how impressive it was. Yeah, that was well funny. <laughs> and what? Sullivan got the chair using it on Dane's midsection. Oh, my God. And he rams it across his throat, choking out Killian. And we haven't seen the chair used like that before. I normally see him to be used to be sat on. Yeah, and here comes Sullivan. Oh, oh but followed closely by Dane, who takes him out of a lovely seated drop kick there. Blood pissing out of his nose. And Sullivan in a bit of trouble. Dane trying to get to his feet. Well, we know how tough Dane is. Oh, Dane's got him on his shoulders. Wastelands. Oh. Followed by a running senton. He then goes up to the top for a swagger bomb. Dane bomb. <laughs> One. Two. Oh. oh, but Sullivan managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. And now you can see the blood-stained beard of the big Irishman. I think, what's he going to do to put away Lars Sullivan? What's he looking for now? Um, He's going to go out under the ring to find a chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I need another chair. Listening to the NXT Universe saying that they want tables. I think he's only happy to oblige well, he's... as he pulls out his cock. <laughs> <laughs> He's got wood in his hands, but you already there. <laughs> a step too far. My <laughs> God. I, look, we, I tell you, we're changing things up on the podcast. We're leaving a lot of stuff in that might have hit the edit room floor. We're going to take a lot of stuff out that probably would have kept in. So, <laughs> Killian Dane has set up the table in the corner. He's got a chair. Oh, a thunderous shot to the back of Lars Sullivan. Well, this might be Lars Sullivan's first proper defeat in NXT, and he's in serious trouble now. Trouble, 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 trouble. And Dane setting up Lars. Oh, looking to throw him into the table, but Lars at the last minute with an elbow to the bread basket and then throws Killian Dane to the mat. I look forward to Lars Sullivan or Killian Dane going to the main roster and then losing their first or second name. So it will be Sullivan. Or Lars and Killian. Yeah, Killian. Yeah. But I tell you what, Lars has left a chair on Killian. And Big Sullivan's gone up. Dane's in trouble. Oh, oh, looking for that diving headbutt. Killian moves out of the way and Lars hits nothing but chair. And the referee checking. Sullivan might be out, might be busted there. And Killian Dane with a head of steam. Lars Sullivan's standing up. Oh, looking for a flying crossbody. He gets caught by Lars Sullivan, then planted onto the mat. One. Oh. But Killian Dane manages to get his shoulder up at one. One. I'm fucking loving this. This is how a big match should, big men match should be. Sullivan goes to pick up Dane. Oh, Dane with a backslide. Rocks Sullivan with a bicycle kick. Oh, here comes Dane. Oh, flying crossbody. <laughs> sends him through the... Woo. Aye, big man. And Sullivan may be out. Sullivan may be dead. <laughs> <laughs> NXT chance on the crumpled table. We see a replay of Dane. Oh, my Jesus God. Christ. That is how you put someone through a table. <laughs> and the referee lifted away the shattered remains of the table. And now Dane's got the steel chair. He's still not finished. Puts the chair across the chest of Sullivan. Gives it a couple of kicks for good measure. And now placing the chair... Coast to coast. No, he's not. He's he's looking at it. 
And Solomon's got the chair against him in the corner. Dane is going up to the other side. Bit too much time though listening to the NXT crowd. Or even to attempt it is an impressive feat, but Sullivan's up. Oh, he had the chair in hand, but he gets a right hook from Dane to the chair, rocking Sullivan. And that's a good selling by Sullivan as well. Dane's off the top. Oh, but gets caught with a chair to the midsection. Oh, and a thunderous shot across the hairy back of Dane. Sullivan sets up two chairs in the middle of the ring. Now, freak accident. Oh, freak accident onto the chairs. One, two, three. And it is game over for Killian Dane. What a valiant effort he put in. But Lars Sullivan is the victor. That's how Brock Lesnar should wrestle. That, that's how, if, a, if you're going to do big man wrestling, that's what you do. Sullivan has, goes up in my estimation. I just think he's a big man. And I, I hope he is, if his Strowman is like the kind of, talk about turning point of big men if Sullivan keep going the way he does but, but Dane again pulls out a great match the guy wrestles like, like looks like a heavyweight wrestles like a fucking cruiserweight <laughs> do you know what I mean like, that's what Dane does he's, he's the polar opposite <laughs> to Tony Nese and I mean you know it, it's quite incredible what do you think of the match brilliant yeah, yeah. very impressive match both men gave it their all and you know, they both put in a brilliant performance. They wasn't selling too hard, which is what big men should do. And, you know, they was both hard hitting and it was uh, an all-out crashing affair. Yeah, it really was. All the uh, things were used correctly, you know, steel chairs and tables and all that kind of thing. Uh, really, really good. We get a video package on the Almas Gagano program, which emphasizes Candice and Zelina's involvement to set up our main event. Well, Undisputed Era's championship photo shoot is aired. And if you go to my profile, you'll see the picture. All four men are there, and Roddy is carrying one of the tag belts. The group will be here live next week. Adam Cole's first North American title defence will also be next week against our man. There's only one, only Lorcan. There's only one, only Lorcan. One, only Lorcan. And here we are, the main event, Candice Lorraine, Zelina Vega. I believe it is the first time we've seen Zelina Vega in action. Yeah, I mean, she has been... She's been pivotal to Andre Cien Almas's NXT title reign. What is she like in the ring? We know how tough Candice LeRae is. Don't need to talk about it. May Young Classic, Dan. Yeah, very impressive in the May Young Classic. She was my pick mm. in that classic. Unfortunately, she got knocked out by, um, oh, my pick, the NXT Women's Champion, Shania And also, Bazza. we have officiating. Oh, see, look, when I'm talking about my success, you cut me off. You're right. Jessica Cars with May Young. And Vega pushes uh, Candice. Candice pushes back. Vega goes flying across the ring. She is the smaller of the two. Comes in with a running kick, but gets caught by Candice, and she gets a gut buster for her troubles. Johnny Gagano has got no chance against Alistair Black. He couldn't beat Andrade Cien Almas, the free eleven boy, the former reigning, defending, undisputed NXT champion. So he's never going to beat the man who beat him for the title. I, I, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong because Tommaso Ciampa thing now out of uh, Gagano's mind. He's clear, starts afresh, he's back in NXT. He's more dangerous than ever. We saw how good he was and Black should be worried. But let's not disrespect this match because it's been a great one. Vegas got Candice Wade down in the corner. Oh, double knees to the chest, goes for the cover. One, two, oh. oh. 
but Larray managing to kick out. Ah, of course, that's one of CN's signatures, so he must be uh, teaching Zelina everything. We've seen her hitting a few Hurricane Runners in matches as well. Looking for the Hammerlock DDT. No, gets rolled up by Candice. One, two. Oh. Oh, but Zelina managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Vega going for the strikes, but coming off second best here. Well, getting blocked by Candice, who's delivering her own strikes and chops. Strike, chop, strike, chop, strike, 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 chop. Jessica Carr having trouble uh, calming down Candice LeRae. I think all the wrongs that Vega has done, he's talking about the amount of defeats Gagano's had. All thanks to Zelina Vega. Candice Vega gets to talk about retribution here tonight. Oh, lovely missile drop kick off the top there. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, but Vega managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Yeah, the thing I like about Candice Ray, not many, well, no women are former tag team champions uh, <laughs> with Joey Ryan. So that's always good, isn't it, you know? The penis man. Yes, she wrestled men. Oh, my God. And that is beautiful by Candice there. Is that the Gagano escape? I think it was, yeah. How come on her down? Oh, Cien's but Cien's in. in the ring. gets <laughs> taken down by Gagano. And the husband and wife team have got the Gagano escape locked in. Zelina taps. And Candice gets the victory. Oh, what a nice finish there. Demption against Cien. And of course, we say goodbye to Cien now. Wish you all the best on SmackDown. But... I mean, Johnny Wrestling there, looking strong with Candice Ray. Dan, what are your thoughts? It was quite a short match, to be fair. Um, you know, it was over before it, it got fed up. I, I'm not quite sure what to make of Zelina Vega in the ring. I think she should stay as a manageress. Candice LeRae, on the other hand, she looks quite impressive in the ring. And, I, you know, I'd look forward to seeing what she can bring to the NXT women's division. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, the hills limp off and Gagana gets a mic. He says, first of all, that was awesome. Second, he said that was only one of the things they needed to do. The other is he's calling Alistair Black out for a title shot. Well, that brings out the new champ. Black tells Johnny, you want it? Then next week, you shall have it. Oh, my God. So it is going to be Alistair Black versus Johnny Gagano. And, Dan, when are we watching that? Now! We are episode four, four, six. Yes, Mauro Ronaldo and Percy Watson slash Jackson welcome us to tonight's show. They preview NXT champion Alistair Black defending against Johnny Gargano. But the Undisputed Era, yeah! Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong head out to the ring. Cole and Mike first, and he gloats about all the gold that's in the group. Fish says they've been thrown to the wolves over and over, but the Undisputed Era remain one step ahead every single time. Strong and the mic now. Crowd gives him a pop. Strong says, everybody wants to know why Roddy Rye. He says for once, he did something for himself. And at TakeOver, he made the best decision of his career. He said he could have won the titles with Pete Dunne. But how long until Dunne turns on him? All he cares about is a UK championship. He continues that it's always been Roddy versus the world. So why not fight together and take over NXT? O'Reilly gets his chance and says the group... Won't back into a corner and they can't be stopped. The times are changing and we're leaving everyone in the dust. Cole is back on the mic and says he's facing only Larkin for his title and he's going to do it on his own because as he laughs, <laughs> he doesn't need any help beating Larkin. So let's see, we just had the introductions so they're treating it 
as a big match, and Adam Cole's got the uh, tape around his waist. But we're big fans of Only Larkin. Yep, huge fans of Only Larkin. So, who do you want to win this one? <laughs> <laughs> Only Larkin. You know, I've, you know, my feelings have changed towards a certain member of the undeserving era. And who is that? Kyle O'Reilly. Handsome oh Kyle O'Reilly. God. Because after just his actions in the ring, you know, I've not taken time to appreciate him. I still hate Adam Cole. I still hate Bobby Fish. And Roderick Strong, I've never been too strong on him anyway. Hey. Thank you very much. Even though I did go for him <laughs> yeah, you in the Cruiserweight t- tournament. But Kyle O'Reilly, after, uh, and even after that video I showed you, you've got to admit, he is comically... I- you know, it's yes. It's just comic timing, and that is what I like in a wrestler. Well, the thing is about the thing about it as well is that um, I, I I like the Undisputed Era more and more as the uh, the weeks go on. I've been more impressed with them, you know. And then he had to go in the list trading wrestling holds. I say trading, trying to get an advantage, and he only going. And uh, oh, look what um, Only Lork is going for there. Well, James, he's uh, targeting the injured abdomens. Of Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, by trying to stretch it. By move, stretching him. Yeah, yes. move made famous by Wilbur Schneider. Not many people know that back in the 1920s. And that's what uh, Only Lork's trying to do. So we did it for Ricochet. It's only fair as Cole takes a moment the outside. It's only fair. <laughs> it's only fair. Five things you like about Ricochet. I want five things you hate about Adam Cole. I hate his face. I hate his name. I hate... Bang, bang. I hate his moveset. I hate the way he talks. I hate the way he walks. I hate the way he acts. I hate the way he breathes. I hate the way he ridiculously (laughs) won the fucking North American title. I just hate the fact that he's in NXT. I hate the fact that he's on this planet. I hate, 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 hate hate you. Come, no. (sighs) Think of Ricochet and Alexa Bliss. Shagging. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, eh? whatever gets your attention. Randy Orton, Titan Rex. Yeah, we go. There we go. Right, anyway, unfortunately, only Lork is not being that successful at the moment. He tried, but Adam Cole's cut him off, and now he's beating him down. I know you're not happy about this, but it is a part of NXT that we have to get through right now, okay? So, as you take a break, we see Adam Cole get the breather, and I think he is the greatest North American champion of all time. I'm just going to say it now. Right, I don't want to be too controversial about <laughs> it, <laughs> but I do. He's also the longest reigning North American champion as well in history. Not many people know that. And has the most reigns as he wears down Ola Lorcan here in the centre of the ring. And maybe this is going to be the workhorse title where, like you say, it gets defended more often. You wanted a secondary title, you've got one. Only problem <laughs> is held by that <laughs> expletive deleted. Yeah, so all right. So, parental advisory, explicit content coming up. Adam Cole is a cunt. <laughs> what? And, but a nice net breaker there on Only Lorcan. Cole's in a little bit of trouble. No, he's a twat about nothing. <laughs> I can't. I tried. I did try. But I Say one thing nice about Adam Cole. Big <sighs> chops by Only Irish whipping Cole. He shares the name with a footballer. I quite enjoyed watching in the late 90s, early 2000s, Andy Cole. Huge neck breakers by Only Lorkin. So as promised, James, one nice thing. No, no, I wasn't nice. I'm not, I'm not having that. 
uppercuts Boney Larkin on Adam Cole now. Huge net breaker. He has nice teeth. But Adam Cole kicks out. Ah. Boney Larkin going to go try maybe German or suplex. Adam Cole. He has a slim figure. Adam Cole fights back, but only Larkin with the uppercuts. Oh, the catch is only Larkin with a knee. And now he's going to go for the suplex to end it. Oh, no. Gets caught by only Larkin. Hung up on that. Hung up. On the top rope, midsection first against the top rope <laughs> by Oni Larkin. <laughs> midsection first across the top rope by Oni Larkin, though, who looks to be climbing up to the top rope to take him out. Oh. Well, referee needs to stop this. It's unfair advantage. Man, the doctor's out here as well. I was about to say, he's had trouble breathing. And Oni Larkin was going to take advantage. Oh, but gets pulled out of the ring. Oh, my. Bobby Fish. Or is that Roddy Strong? That's Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong. Showing his true colours. Got a tugboat round his waist, and now he's saying, go on, Cole. So Adam Cole wanted to win it by himself. Well, you can do that. So Adam Cole wanted to win it by himself, had to have assistance from the undeserving era, catches him with the knee to the back of the head, picks up a disgusting victory, which puts shame to the North American title. And I hope all the North Americans are proud of what their state and part of the country is being representative by, by that tool. I think Roderick Strong tried to get only Lorcan in the ring, slipped and accidentally dropped him on the apron. I think that's what happened. I think you need to know your role and shut your damn mouth. Before I turn this son of a bitch sideways <laughs> and shove it straight up your candy ass. And look who's out to help. It's Danny Burke. Yes, Danny. <laughs> Beat the fuck out of them all. Headbutts to uh, O'Reilly and Strong. And Twat. a super kick by Adam Cole. No, there's nothing super about that kick. It was a kick. And now Strong. O'Reilly. Oh, my God. Riley forearms Birch. He's only got one or two. <laughs> and Strong takes out Larkin. And the Undisputed Era are dominant. Look how much no, gold they got. They're cheats. Oh, and another fucking thing I hate about him is a stupid fucking hand sign. <laughs> it's nothing wrong. Well, Roderick Strong... He's holding Kyle O'Reilly back. Look at the handsome bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of handsome bastards. Shayna Baszler. <laughs> yeah, we see... The NXT Women's Champion, the most dangerous woman in the WWE, Shania Baszler, winning the title. She says, how long are we going to hold this title? Let me ask you. Who's going to take this title? And I agree with her. No one is going to be able to beat her for that. We get a recap of last week with Candice LeRae defeating Zelina Vega. Almas and Vega are now on SmackDown. Next week, Candice LeRae versus Bianca Belair, the one with the long hair. And then we get a vignette. A vignette of Belair being the EST of NXT. We see a bunch of clips of her training, previous matches, and how she whacks opponents with her hair. Well, up next, it's Heavy Machinery versus Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. Knight starts things out, but Dozovic gets in there to help drop their opponent. Heavy Machinery slam their opponents into each other. Otis and Knight then stand on their opponents. Stakes and weights chance from the crowd. Otis tries for a back body drop. Knight hammers his back, but it does nothing. Sabatelli with a quick attack, and Moss lands a belly-to-back suplex. Well, Moss and Sabatelli start working together to take Dozovic cover. Two. Two. Moss charges in on Dozovic, but misses and slams into Sabatelli, sending him to the floor. Dozovic is able to tag out, and Knight goes to work on Moss. 
Sabatelli back in the apron. Handers reach out. Moss gets to him. Sabatelli backs away. It's finally happened. He heads to the back. His heavy machine. You take advantage by nailing the compactor for the one, two, three. And the winners, heavy machinery via pinfall. Post-match, Knight calls out the War Raiders for attacking them from behind. They aren't going to let that go. Dozovic talks about stakes and weights, and they say they're coming for war. So, so big dominant tag teams, yeah, heavy machinery and War Raiders are going to go at it. Well, post early did that. We get a vignette for a bunch of women wrestlers. Nikki Cross looks to come for the title. Numph talks some trash about Shania Basler and wishes she could ride the coattails of her best friend. Fuck off. Uh, she doesn't actually say Ronda Rousey because she's too scared. And Kari Sane says it's rubbery. Kari Sane says she knows Basler. Well, she has beat her before. <clears throat> but backstage, Kathy Kelly took with Dakota Kai, who is still upset and scared about having to deal with Shayna Basler. Basler suddenly shows up and Kay looks super nervous. Basler says Kai is looked... Basler says Kai looked to follow her dreams to NXT, but the women division run by Basler is Kai's worst nightmare. Yeah, we get a vignette for the finest Connor Reeves. He will debut next week. More vignettes with women talking about Shayna. Lacey Evans says it's time for a classy champion. Vanessa Bourne says she'll be the one to beat the champion. And LeRae says she has what Basler doesn't have heart and good looks well next week we get tm61 versus street profits before the match can even get started between alistair black and johnny gagano so here comes johnny gagano and and i know you like alistair black dan but i feel i feel you've had a stroke <laughs> i thought you did a johnny gagano I'm so johnny gagano finally back home in nxt i know you like alistair black but i gotta go johnny wrestling in this one i think he is He's, he's got that kind of monkey of his back. Champa! Oh! No! What? And Gagana coming out. Champa's beating him up. He's got a gold knee brace. He's got, as if Alistair Black needed any help from Champa. And Champa sends him inside the announce table. He's even got a t shirt mocking. No, he hasn't. He's just wearing Johnny Gagano's t shirt. He's wearing. <laughs> Why would Champa. Be wearing a Johnny Wrestling top as he beats down Johnny Wrestling. Because he's that good a heel. He's a psycho <laughs> killer. He's a black heart. He's gone in the head as Chomper. This is over. It should be over and done with between him and Gagano. Well, Chomper shouts in Gagano's face. You think I'm gone? You're never going to get rid of me. And now he's got Gagano out. He's got Gagano. Yeah, go on, Johnny. Fight this. Well, Johnny's trying to fight out. Oh. Super kick to Chomper. And it sends Chomper down and it fires up Johnny. Oh! Oh, he flies off the announce table, takes out Chomper, wailing away with some big rights and lefts. A huge Johnny Wrestling chant and Alistair Black must be loving this backstage. Gagano goes straight after Chomper, though. Oh, and a low blow by Chomper. He had to resort to a cheap shot. Are you surprised? He's a man who attacked him from behind. He doesn't care whether you think he's James. Uh, he he's seriously with all that dangerous men hated men Chomper is, and now he's looking at Johnny Gagano. Fucking hell! Delivers a thunderous knee to the head of Gagano as it was up against the LCD screen, and the LCD screen is flitting out now. Gagano's face against that screen, and with Chomper's foot, Chomper's carrying the scars of war, but. Well, 
I guess it was just a battle in the ongoing war, and uh, Gagano looks in serious trouble. Chopper's still not finished with him. He's got him up. Oh! oh. Chomper drops him through a table. With all the electrical equipment and boxes there. Johnny wrestling is Johnny flitting out at the moment. Well, I, I think Gagano might be seriously injured here. You can see blood there, and look at how happy Chomper is. Well, that's the thing about Chumper. He gets knocked down, but he gets up again and comes back even crazier than ever. And now Candice LeRae going to check on her husband. Chumper looking down at Gagano, saying, this is what I've done for you. Former friends, now worst enemies. He's like <laughs> Freddy Krueger, keep coming back from the dead. Gagano thought he'd finish this at TakeOver and an assault, costing Gagano his chance to be NXT champion. Not only send him into the side of the stage... Sending him off the stage and through a table. Chumper needs to be reprimanded here by William Regal. Saint these stations. Can I just say that I think Johnny Gagano has got off lightly. Because he if he was lightly. going against Alistair Black, he would have been in a coffin, not onto a stretcher. No, I'm, I'm, Alistair Black was in serious trouble here tonight with NXT title. We'll get on to that at a different point. Today, well, right now, I want to focus on Chumper should be arrested for assault after that. He is not right in the head. Chomper has seriously got some mental issues, and I don't think he should be employed with NXT. Yes, Gagano came back, but I think with these two around, I don't think NXT is big enough for Gagano and Chomper. I really don't. Why don't Gagano fuck off then? <laughs> because NXT is his home. Well, Gagano is stretched out to the back as the crowd claps for him. The cameras follow him all the way to the outside as they take him to an ambulance. Alistair Black walks by to look at Gagano being loaded into the ambulance. Camera pans up and we see Chumper standing up high watching the vehicle drive off. Black heads to the ring and gets a mic. He starts to call out Chumper, but out comes Sanity. Young on the mic, Johnny Gagano provided hope. Chaos took that hope, took away that hope tonight. He continues that out of the chaos... There will be the greatest and sanity. Black cuts him off and asks him if his young is looking for this while holding up the title. Young nods and says, let's do this. On then, I guess, Eric Young versus Alistair Black for the NXT title. So we thought we were going to get Gagano. We're getting Eric Young. But Dan is his sure man's first official NXT title defense. I'm going to let you call the majority of it. I'm nice like that. Thanks. Well, I had Drew McIntyre. Now Alistair Black's finally there. You must be so. <coughs> you must be so pleased. No wonder you're cocky about him. Well, Eric Young starts off with an arm lock, but Alistair Black rolls through, and then twists the arm of Eric Young. He goes down to one knee. We got Wolf and Dane at ringside. No Nikki Cross. No Nikki Cross. She's interested in Shania Baszler. And what battle that would be. On that, but can Eric Young make a huge impact and stop Alistair Black defeat him on his first total defence? Course not. But Eric Young with a side headlock trying to play a mat game with Alistair Black. But he's got the numbers advantage though. He's got Dane, he's got Alexander Wolf at ringside. He has indeed, but Alistair Black's not worried about that. <laughs> so what, what do you like about Alistair Black? Five things you like about Ali B. I like his entrance theme. <laughs> <laughs> I just like his in-ring ability. I think he's certainly on par. Just his general persona, his character, his tattoos, his T-shirt, 
His trunks, his shorts. You're just listing everything beard. that he's wearing right now and he's got. <clears throat> the way he gets beaten up by <laughs> Eric Young. His wrist tape. <laughs> his wrist tape. Uh, do you know, I like the fact he sits where he wants. That, that is, a, that is a, a huge factor. Yeah. And Eric Young now looking for first title in WWE, but Black catching him. <clears throat> I also like, you know, the, the kind of respect he delves out as well. You know, in that feud he had, a great feud he had against Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream, all he wanted was Alistair Black to say his name. And even though Alistair Black won, he still obliged yeah. and said That's Velveteen true. No, Dream. I'll give you that, yeah. And the fake out there by Alistair Black looking to springboard over the top rope. Eric Young was surrounded by his sanity teammates and Alistair Black just backflips into a seated position and just waits for Eric Young's attack. You know, we've not seen anything like Alistair Black. He is certainly a unique performer in the ring. He is, but it, <coughs> does the fact that he's not really great on a promo take away the fact of how good he is? No, is that... because he does his talking in the ring. But I don't know if that's going to fly on like Raw and SmackDown when he goes up. Do you think that's going to... He can still he still talks, but he keeps he keeps it short and sweet. Yeah. You know, he can talk when needed, but he doesn't need to talk. You know, maybe a mouthpiece would work for him. Or maybe, you know, a little while in NXT help develop <coughs> that side of things. Or, you know, or maybe he doesn't even need to. You know, he's he certainly backs up what he says in the ring. And if he isn't a big star on the main roster, wrong with Raw and or SmackDown. Yeah, I, I might agree with you. I'm a big fan of uh, Alistair Black there. And I, I love his, his strikes and combinations as well. I think that's one of his strengths. Oh, and as... Dane was distracting the referee. Wolf comes in, hits Alistair Black, who then allows Eric Young to take over, and he's got like a, a dragon sleeper yeah. whilst perched up on the second rope there. Well, it's a legal hold because <coughs> he's touching the ropes. But Eric Young breaks it after five. Beautiful elbow there by Eric Young, dropping Black, but Black's shown his strength, and like you always say, he's a bit like the Iron Fist. He gets stronger as the fight goes on, and Eric Young's finding that now. Maybe getting a little bit frustrated. Neck breaker there by Young. Goes for the cover. Ooh. A black manager to kick out. Uh-huh. And Eric Young trying to wear Alistair Black down. He's got a chin lock locked in. And the fans trying to get behind Alistair Black. Trying to get him back into this match. But Eric Young just cuts him off as soon as he starts getting any momentum. He's a great veteran. Oh, but Eric Young comes charging towards Black as he black lifts a foot. And then with a backslide, two. Oh, but Young managed to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And then clocks Alistair Black with a big right hand. Black bounces off the second rope into a bicycle kick a la <laughs> Dean Ambrose. <laughs> I know, two of your favourites, weirdly enough. And Eric Young <laughs> is flitting out in the middle of the ring. What are your requirements to be a wrestler favourite wrestler of yours? They have to use a second rope in an offensive type move. Ray Mysterio uses a second rope all the time, doesn't he? Yeah, Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So both men down. NXT title on the line, and and I mean for an episode of NXT, we've both, we've had the North American Championship and the NXT title on the line. It's been a big show. Alistair Black with his disgusting face. Uh, not Alistair Black. <laughs> oh, Don't cut that. Leave that on. He ain't forever. Because I'm watching him. Black now. Black flying in with a. Big knee strike, nipping up to his facts, getting psyched up and back into this match. Eric Young prone in the corner. Black comes flying in with a big elbow. Irish whip, the short arms in back to the corner. Springboards off the second rope into a lovely moonsault. Goes for the cover. 
Oh, Eric Young kicks out. Uh. Oh, and Alexander Wolf and Dane Nitty in the ring then. Eric Young looking to put Alistair Black away. Oh, but Black jumps over the top of him and again spins over Eric Young's back. Oh, looks to have a submission locked in. And is Eric Young slowly going to fade away? And he gets onto the main roster. <laughs> but Young plants Adam... Uh, <coughs> For fuck's sake, the young plants <laughs> Alistair Black onto, up onto his shoulder. Adam Cole, Alistair Black, Alistair Black, Adam Cole. Gets him in a Mishinoku driver, plants him, but only gets a two count. Two. Now Eric Young going up top looking for his signature elbow drop, but Black cuts him off. Eric Young striking back, but Black's still there. Oh, both men having a slugfest perched up on the second rope. Eric Young gets the better of it. Alistair Black down to the mat, but he's not down and out just yet. Young dives off the top. Alistair Black ducks underneath him <clears throat> and sends Young into the corner. But Young flare bumps over the top, lands on the apron. Shoulder barges Black in the midsection. Catch him in the gut. Black mass kick. Cover. Win. <laughs> Wolf in. Black mass kick for Wolf. Dane looks to plant. Black gets caught with a black mass kick. Black mass kick. And Alistair Black leaves the entire lot of sanity on their back after kisses, kick, kick, after <laughs> kicks, Black Mass. No, fucked it up. Input. Stroke. <laughs> Wank. And Alistair Black leaves all of sanity laying out after hitting every single one of them with Black Mass kicks. And if Nikki Cross was out here... She would have got a black mass kick also. Very impressive there in Alistair Black's first NXT title defence. Eric Young looks good in defeat. Well, he got hit in the face. But still... <laughs> that black mass kick came out of nowhere. And yes, I am allowing it to happen. Because yes, he is another one of my favourite wrestlers. Uh, so yes, very impressive. Dan, what are your thoughts on the actual match? Yes, um, you know, every time... Alistair Black gets in the ring. It is pure magic. So, you know, I look forward to his long and lengthy NXT Championship run. Gargano challenged Black for the title. And Black said, you want it, you got it. What does that mean? I mean, I can't read between the lines. Johnny Gargano, Alistair Black. Are they going to have a fight? So one more episode of NXT to go. So, yeah, we're going to our last episode of NXT, NXT episode 447, and it is May 2nd. And we open with a backstage, undeserving era promo. Adam Cow says he made only Lorkin an answer to a trivia question, so you're welcome. Carl O'Reilly has some words for Danny Birch as well. Bobby Fish offers to tell his rehab group there's some new patients to come his way. Roddy Strong says what he did to Pete Dunne at TakeOver will pay... It, pay what he did to Pete Dunne at TakeOver will pale in comparison to what he does to him tonight. But our first match is Kari Sane versus Shazza McKenzie. Hello, Shazza! Well, Shazza is actually from Australia. So, Shazza. And she looks in action here. She's blonde with And she's going to go against Kari Sane. So, we've got, rid of one, we've got rid of the iconic duo. We've got Shazza McKenzie. How are you doing, Shazza? Oh, so. hello, Shazza! <laughs> Sign of respect. I'm gonna have that as my ringtone, Dan. Every time oh, I got a message, what would it sound like? Hello, Shazza! Oh, wait, there we go. Yeah, that's from Dan. Yeah. So it's Kari Sane and 
forgotten her name. Hello, Shazza! Oh, Shazza, yeah. So Shazza starts off trying to punch Kari Sane. Kari Sane blocks it with the chops. And uh, the women's division is up for grabs here in NXT uh, after Ember Moon goes. I mean, I say up for grabs in the number one contendership. I think this might be over already, though, because Kari Sane has just hit a big spear. She's marching towards the corner. She's got her in her sights. Boom! Running elbow. Dropping the right position. Shazza! Well, <laughs> the May Young Classic winner's on up. Oh! She's taken down by Kari Sane. And a huge forearm, but she's not finished. And she's going, for, she's going for the airplane spin into the Alabama Slam. Now what's she going to look for? The insane elbow. All the way up. Salutes the crowd. Pow! Right, the kisser. One, two, three. Oh, unlucky, um, what was her name? Shazza! <laughs> unlucky Shazza McKenzie, but Kyle was saying too strong. And she's smirking right now. No, James, she hasn't got a cigarette in her golf. She's just got a grin on her face because she's just walked over her latest. Well, why, while Mackenzie is celebrating, Lacey Evans makes her way down to the ring. She's down to apologise, saying that Kari belongs in NXT. She offers a hand. The crowd doesn't want Sane to shake it, and neither do I. While Kari is thinking about it, she's just clocked with a microphone by Evans. Oh, you... Bastard. The old switch and bait. <laughs> the, the old bait and switch. The old hitty microphone trick. The old hitty with a microphone. Well, she got done that. She made Laurie sane. But Lacey Evans wants to be a part of the new NXT Women's Division. We get a recap of the Chompa Gagano drama from last week. And I hope that Chompa faces suspension. Where Kathy Kelly interviews Candice LeRae. Candice is obviously a bit emotional, talking about how it hasn't been an easy year for them because of Chompa. No, unfortunately, Johnny Gagano wore for much punishment taken on the match. Well, she says they thought they were done with all this. She starts breaking up. She says she has to go get ready for Bianca Belair later. Who's Bianca Belair? Does she like to whip with her hair? She's got very long hair, yeah. Well, our next match is TM61 versus Street Profits. And TM61 had control... With the majority of this fairly short bout, Dawkins finally able to tag in Montez Ford, who was on fire, baby! He's on fire! However, Shane Form rolled him up, put his foot on the ropes, and Nick Miller held his foot up there to pick up the win. Yeah, so TM61, under cheating ways, defeated the Street Profits. Uh, and next week, we get Heavy Machinery versus War Raiders. Well, that is going to be one beefy bout. Kathy mm. Kelly interviews Cassis Ono, about the Chumpa Gagano situation. Situation. He states that Tommaso has become a coward. And when he saw Johnny being helplessly stretched out the arena last week, he knew he needed to make Chumpa feel that way. And that person is him. So we're going to get an Ono versus Chumpa. Oh, no. But now we're going to see the debut of Connor Reeves. And he's going against Patrick Scott. Well, Connor wearing a white jacket, no shirt, sunglasses, and a golden chain. Yeah, and Reeves is super aggressive earlier on. He shouts, I'm the finest, multiple times during this beatdown. He is beaten down. He seems like quite a big dude as well. What do you think of his look, Dan? It looks like Pete Dunn has grown a few inches. <laughs> oh, uh, misses. Well, he's got Scott in a great Scott. He's got him in trouble. The big back elbow by Connor Reeves. Well, I'm going to hold judgment. Because he's still a young man. Of course, he's wearing... Not many wrestlers do wear the um, the purple. Well, they're normally English wrestlers. Mm, yeah. Weird, isn't it? General manager, William Regal. 
but to Pete Dunne. I assume with the kind of look and the tattoos that he is of Samoan heritage. Would that be fair to assume? Well, if you assume you make an ass out of you and I me. And I think his catchphrase or his uh, tagline is, I'm the finest, because he shouted that a fair few times. Yeah, and now he's going up top. No, he's not. He's just going to taunt Scott off the second rope. Falls backward with an elbow. That's the least impressive move I've seen from the second rope <laughs> this year. Well, I don't care. Reeves impressed me a little bit. Wink there as he slams it down with inverted TKO. Or kind of wastelands with a drop. Impressive by Connor Reeves. I liked it. I didn't. Well, we, I get an EC3, we get an EC3 video package that shows him training, but also narrating by himself by a pool. Next week is his NXT TV debut, and NXT will be EC3. Dakota Kai is interviewed by reporters discussing the state of women in WWE. She wants to make her mark down in NXT. She's asked if she's intimidated by Shayna Baszler. Vanessa Bourne rolls in and says that Kai is a... Tongue. <laughs> Vanessa, Bourne, Vanessa Bourne rolls in and says that Kai is pathetic in her handling of Baszler. She would have slapped the hell out of Shayna. When Bourne leaves, Dakota seems much more confident about taking on Vanessa. And up next, we've got Candice LeRae versus Bianca Belair. Yeah, and in the other going, Candice looks a bit distracted. Bianca's... Really powerful. She slams the way down. Both of these women were, of course, in the May Young Classic. You like Candice Ray because she was... One of my picks. One of your picks. I like Bianca Belair because... She's got long hair. She's got long hair. She was great in there. She had a good match with Kari Sane in the May Young Classic. But, hey, who didn't? And this is an opportunity for the Ray and Belair to really stake a claim to try and get uh, a shot at Basler's championship. Like I said, it is really open, as we've seen in the women's division. But Basler is the dominant champion and the most dangerous woman in NXT. What do you think of the state of the NXT women's title division, Dan? And who do you think is going to be next in line? Who do you think deserves it? I don't know. I haven't really got women's performer in NXT at the moment. I don't. I, I think they're all kind of lacklustre. I what? think Dakota Kai is going to become uh, Shayna Baszler's... Um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Laurel Lance to... Uh, Diaz, <laughs> right. you know, like, to being by her side. Yeah, no, I just see where you're going now, I see. But I think Belair is quite impressive. I think Lacey Evans is quite impressive. There is talk, rumour has it, Dan. Rumour has it. That there is going to be another May Young Classic this year. If that's the case, we'll see hopefully new women and maybe a chance to see people like Viper again. Uh, which Piper Niven. Piper Niven, which would be good. And look at Belair there, impressive with Candice Array, picking her up, military press. That was a deadlift. To the military press. Oh my god, and Candice in trouble. She's thinking about Johnny too much. Candice in trouble, and Belair looking to put away. Oh my god. She's going around for a torture rack. And just screaming at Candice LeRae. And again with the torture rack. This is vicious by Bianca. I'm sure she's got a hand across her throat, which is considered as a chokehold. If the referee doesn't see it, referee doesn't see it. The referee's standing right there. Candice LeRae moves out of the way. <laughs> Candice LeRae moves out the way. And then Bianca Belair whips with her hair. Yeah, referee might be short-sighted. That doesn't go, I'm sorry. The referee probably cannot see. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes LeRae with a, f- a forearm to Belair. And she's got that kind of determination, determined look on her face off the top. Oh, with a missile dropkick, sending Belair halfway across the ring. That's a, oh, looking for a 
Tornado DDT, but gets thrown across the ring by Bianca. Ricky! <laughs> and now Belair has got Larray up. Oh, oh alley-oop. One, two, three. And Bianca Belair picking up a convincing victory over Candice yeah. Larray. And very impressed with Bianca Belair there. Every week, um, well, every time I see her, she gets better and better, which is only a good sign for someone. But Candice Ray, I don't think her mind was in the game tonight. Dan, what do you think of the match? No, it, you know, it wasn't the greatest of matches, but it was a convincing defeat. Chompa versus Ono is next week. We also learn that EC3's opponent will be none other than Raul Mendoza. Oh, from the CWC, that would be interesting. But up next, it is now... This is going to be a slobber knocker here because it's Roger Strong versus Pete Dunne. Of course, he turned on Pete Dunne at NXT TakeOver. And look at his new entrance. Comes out here with Strong. And then the unspeakable music era music hits. And he is in charge. And look at him smirking, Dan. No, James hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's just got a grin on his face and then more on standing backstage. So it'll be a one-on-one match. <laughs> of course not. It's going to be as terrible as them bloody god-awful NWO matches we've been watching on Monday Nitro. Yeah, it is, yeah. And every month, and of course, we'll be bringing you the main one later on in the month. But right now, we're going to focus on NXT, our last match in NXT. It's Pete Dunne. I can say our man, but he's from the UK, and he looks ready for action. <laughs> oh, as he comes straight out from the bell, clubbing away at Roderick Strong. Go on, Dunne. And Roderick Strong shocked, like the system. But, oh, he manages to take down Pete Dunne. Don't know if this is a good idea, though, because we know how great a Matt wrestler Pete is. Well, you don't want to try and out-wrestle Pete Dunne because you're going to be on the losing end every single time as he kicks the arm out from underneath Roddy. And the thing is, as well, you don't want to piss Pete Dunne off because he is vicious anyway, you know? So if you're angry, he's just going to make it worse for you. <laughs> so would you say this is a Hill versus Hill match or is Pete Dunne trying to be the face he's it the right way? Yeah, oh, I don't know if Pete Dunne has turned face. Like I say, we've not really had a big feud as of late, and this one now, you would assume because he got turned on. I feel sorry for Pete Dunne a little bit, and he's had quite a positive fan response, hasn't he? So, yeah, I would say Dunne is maybe on the facey way. You'd have to see his interaction with maybe another UK guy afterwards, you know what I mean? If he shakes hands with Tyler Bate, you're like, oh, he's definitely a face now. <laughs> so, uh, four men out, all four men are champions. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm not sure if the title is on the line, as Pete Dunne rocks Roger Strong from behind. I don't think this is. I think this is just more of a grudge match. Yeah. Well, if it is the case, like you said, they're looking to get the goal, but Dunn getting stopped to the apron by Roger Strong. And he's more uh, just trying to stop Pete Dunn rather than the offence. Oh. oh, as Pete Dunn comes flying off to take out Roderick Strong, he gets caught with a drop kick there from... And now Roderick's going to try and take advantage of that. He's got Pete Dunn up. Oh, drops him back first onto the hard part of the ring. And you can see the look on Roderick's. Uh, you see the long. You see the look on Pete Dunne's face. He is struggling right now. Yes, the the grimace on his face as he gets hit by Roddy. But Pete Dunne's so tough. Even when he's down, he tries to fight back, then covers up. And that's just clever tactics there, trying to grab the leg of Roderick Strong, stopping it. But it's a stomp by Strong, and this might be the push Roderick Strong needed. We talked about him needing. Uh, to have a few victories behind him, what his character was, and maybe the Unsputed Era is going to help him reach that next level, unfortunately, you know? Yes, unfortunately. If Adam Cole wasn't there and it was strong as leader with Riley and Fish, would you would you think that would be a better fit? Probably, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's just the Adam Cole style of things, but as I say, Kyle O'Reilly 
is a very entertaining character. Roderick Strong brings something. Bobby Fish. I mean, his name just says it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't know, Adam Cole just annoys me. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just... He's got one of them faces that I could punch until my knuckles break. Yeah, you'd you'd make Adam Cole look like Pete Dunne if you had the chance. I'd make him look worse than that. I'd make him look like Shayna Baszler. <laughs> <coughs> well, let's get back to this, because Roger Strong is now mocking the bruiser weight, which is never a good idea, and a stomp to Dunne. I'd like to see Tyler Bate coming out on his penny farthing, singing his little song, <laughs> taking out Adam Cole, baby. Come on now, 10 minutes more. Two, oh, Strong with a cover, but only getting a two count. Two. Not even. And Roderick Strong now has just been working down Pete Dunn, knee to the back of the head. And he's got his legs all tied up as well. He's trying to outfight the bruiser weight. Oh, and Dunn's up to his feet though. Strong trying to suplex him. Dunn managing to fight out a couple of times. Strong oh. again. Strong goes for the third, knee to the head, and Pete Dunn turns Strong inside out. And Dunn's trying to psych himself up to get back in this match. Hits him with the window of opportunity. Oh, no, wait. It offers him the window of opportunity. Can Dunn get into it? Roger Strong up, and now this is a whole-out slugfest. We talk about slobber knocker. Uh, Irish rip to Roderick Strong. Dunn flips him over and then close eyes him down. And Pete's going up to the second rope. Oh, a vicious stomp to the arm. Well, he will break his arm as a receipt for what... Roger Strong did to him at TakeOver. I hope Pete Dunne rips his arm off and beats him with a bloody stump. And now Strong throws him outside. And of course, I run Adam Cole out there. Trying to feed him to the Wolves. And a hell of a knee by Roderick Strong. Is that like the hell of a kick? Don't even try it. Don't. Roderick, don't. And he's got don't. him. Don't. Draping DDT. Oh, a better variation no. of it, though. No. Turns it into a back break. and goes to the cover. Got him all caught up in the ropes. Oh. But Pete Dunne managing to kick out. Oh. Come on, Pete. Roger Strong tried to put Dan away. Dan fights out of it. Oh, yeah, with a lovely step up in Seguri. But Strong fighting back with a couple of kicks of his own. And now Strong with a forearm and the chops. Rocking Pete Dunn. Oh, looking to catch him. But Pete Dunn with a lovely variation of an arm drag takedown. Gets Roddy Strong in a sleeper hold. Oh, that is beautiful. Oh, the, the arm's under there. It's like a kind of variation of transmission if you put his... Uh, Grapevine together, he turns oh. it into an armbar attempt. But Roderick Strong grasps, grasps his hands together. And now tries to turn down on his shoulders and manages just to roll to the ropes. Well, we knew this would be good, but it's uh, really heating up now and Dunn's going to go outside. Roderick Strong, now, that was well, like a Simone jump off the top. Going for the cover. Oh, but the resilient Pete Dunn managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. And now that is not a smirk on his face. He is really upset that Pete Dunne showing his toughness man to get his shoulder up. What's it going to take to put Pete Dunne away? And that's a look and a half from Pete Dunne. He's just grabbing Dunne by the hair and punching him in the face. Saying you're a tough man. But I think that's just pissing Pete off. Oh well, yeah, you have done it now. You've gone and made a big mistake. And he can't allow for you to think you can just punch him again. You know, so now he's got his hand, he turns around. He's going to pay, he's going to pay. Oh, he's going to break his fingers this time. Oh, he wrenches his fingers apart and just starts punching away at Strong in the corner. Referee's counting, but Dunn might have lost it. And Cole and Kyle looking on. Oh, oh an exploder. Turns him inside out. A big kick across the face. 
And now he's signaling for the bitter end. Oh! Hits Plants it. him. Here comes Kyle O'Reilly. One. One. Two. two. Ah. And Kyle O'Reilly breaks it up. I knew they would do that because he was beaten. And they can't let that happen, can they? The under coming and beating Pete Dunn up. I'm upset by this action. The undeserving era for life. Uh, uh, this, is, this is beyond the pale. I don't care if Carlo Riley's lost his shoe. It doesn't matter. Oh, big cheer. Yeah. There's only Lorcan and Danny Birch Go make on. their way to the ring. Come on, boys. Come on, son. <laughs> this is what we want to see. Only one, only Lorcan and Danny Birch headbutt. <laughs> oh, knocks Kylo Riley out of the ring. Yes. Lorcan sends Cole running and now Strong's the one left. And he gets eliminated from the ring as well. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Dunn throws O'Reilly's shoe. It hits Adam Cole straight in the face. Beautiful shot. My God, so that sets things up there, doesn't it? I'm sure these guys will collide somewhere down the line. Unfortunately, we have to leave it for NXT update this month. But, uh, Dan, what have you thought of NXT this month? I thought it's been very entertaining. Despite the undeserving era having too much of a presence. But... Yeah, you know, it was it was a good episode. Well, well yeah, a good few episodes. It is, and the thing I like about that, you know, the, the Chumper attack on Gagano, even though it's heinous, it still set up a kind of storyline that we are going to see now, aren't we? You know, and that's going to continue. Sienna's gone. The women's division is in a bit of flux, and that's going to be sorted out soon. And the tag team division is going. We've seen um, Sabatelli and Moss splitting up. I should say about that is that Sabatelli has suffered a, an injury and will be out for a, a amount of time. Uh, it looks like he's going to be out for a few months, so maybe they're going to stop on that push. But NXT's still good because you've got Alistair Black's title reign. Who's going to be next in line there? Who's going to step up now? Uh, and all these other stories. Lars Sullivan versus Killian Dane, I thought was great. So, yeah, NXT, so NXT beat 205 Live this month. Didn't yes, it? I think NXT just needs to sort out its women's division and try and get some order into that. But aside from that, I think everything else is going great. Yeah, no, I really do. So it's been a good month for the WWE Network. And, of course, we'll be back for our WWE Network view for June. We'll look at everything from basically this point on. That's new to the WWE Network. But until then, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. We're also on Google Plus, WWE Network Review on there. Send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and select with the WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. We've got clips going up there. Podcast got the same time to do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We'll, uh, you can follow our music maker, Diddly, on SoundCloud as well. We'll speak radio. We've got a live show coming in June. We're on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But our next episode is WWE Backlash 2018. But until then, I have been James Rollins, and as always, always joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.